Hello, welcome to episode 59 of In PS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey, and joined with me, as always, is the fine wine himself, Mr. Philip Hoy. Welcome back from being on holiday, mate. Nice to have you here. That is right. I'm back, baby. The king has returned. Don't know about king, but it's nice to see you anyway. (laughs) It's nice to see you. Thanks, dude. Good to see you guys. Nice to see you. Always a pleasure. And we're still kind of in the Christmassy spirit. I don't know. I don't know if I can get away with this. My little chocolate log himself, Spencer Davis, the sexy elf. Do you like being called a chocolate log? I, I hope it wasn't like you're going to take it like I was calling you a shit. You called me a shit. You're my little shit, though. And, and I really appreciate you. And we had a lovely episode last episode in episode 58. Did we not? So, you know, it's lovely to it's lovely to see your little gorgeous elf-like face again. And listeners, we have got a banger of an episode for you. A sensational episode. The kind of episode that you'll look back in 60 years and say, that's when my life changed. That's where I realized that God exists and I listened to them. The gods themselves. On Mount Krakatoa, coming down with that angelic voice that Davey has. Not my words, that's a that's a reviewer on Spotify, I'm sure, somewhere. Please put it on there. I, we, we need all the five stars we can get. Guys, it is our end of year episode, which means we are going to be ranking our best game of 2022. It means that there's no news. This is very much an evergreen episode, so we're going to go through the normal start of the show, go into what we've been playing, and then just dive straight on into it. So, Chances are it's going to be a shorter episode than you're used to. Apologies for that. But we are recording before the new year, which essentially means that there's no news anyway. So we haven't really missed anything out. Now, guys, we always start the show with a question. Today's question, unfortunately for us, has fallen to Spencer Davis. So God knows what kind of trickery and tomfoolery he's going to get up to. Spence, let's have your question. All right, I don't appreciate all this trickery, tomfoolery. I think I'm quite a sensible chap, really. I think this is. I think you boys are going to appreciate this question. I think I've thought about this quite a lot. I think there are multiple answers, and you really have to think. It's quite a deep question. <laughs> so my question to you, lovely gentlemen. You are two inches in your mum. Your dad's two inches in you. Do you go forward <laughs> oh, or backwards? Oh God, here we go. <sighs> Welcome back to the podcast. I see nothing's changed in the time I've been away. <laughs> we, no, we no, haven't grown up, mate. We haven't grown up. This is still, you know, you tune into this podcast, you know what you're getting into. I don't think we've had this kind of debauchery before, but hey, you know, from punching kids to now shagging even your mum or your dad, or in this case, both simultaneously. It's almost like you guys have recessed, right? You've gone backwards since I've left you for that one episode, and I've come back to pure chaos. Christmas is over, mate. The time of giving is over. The time of merriment is over. We're back to our normal form of punching down on people (laughs) and making stupid questions up, which nobody knows a correct answer to, but we're going to try and give you one. I'll give you boys a minute to think, but if you have an answer, or if you have, I I also want to hear reasoning behind your answer. I was going to ask you this. What do you mean? Purely like, how do you get into that situation? How does it lead up to that point where you're now asking us, which way do I go? Exactly. There's a gun to you and your family's heads. There's several, there's three guns. Oh. 
three gunmen, one at your head, one at your ma's head, one at your da's head, and they like get inside each other, and then they ponder the question to you. Like human centipede, but sexually. Yes, precisely. <laughs> but then they ponder the question to you. The okay. answer falls on you. And they say, if you want to live, <laughs> you've got to get out of this somehow. We want to see if you go forward or backwards. <laughs> can, you, can you choose death in this scenario? Can you choose death? <laughs> uh, I, um, no. It's a hypothetical, so no. No. Okay. And you're saying it's my parents, it's not Davy's parents I'm in this situation with. Because it might be a different answer nah, if I'm with Davy's mum and dad. It's your own parents. It okay. has to be your okay. own parents because otherwise you mm. just go forward. It has to be your own parents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> you're putting words in my mouth. I'll go first on this, guys. I'll go first on this. The way I'm thinking about this, right, is that you're in this situation, it's bad either way, right? I'm imagining that we can all talk. So it's a case of we're like, I'm really sorry. You're already in either side. Either side of you is is in. You, you've all got that contact, right? That's the worst part, surely. The worst part is making that, that initial contact. You know, especially for myself, I've never really messed around with my ass very much or ever. So <laughs> that I imagine is going to be not only uncomfortable, but but painful as well, right? I, I, when I think about life, I think you should always just move forward. So I'm just, I'm ramming straight forward, mate. Mum's getting it. Ramming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't have to go at, at, at speed. You I could have just gone slowly in and enjoyed the moment. I, yeah, this is the thing. You don't want that, though, do you? You definitely don't want to take your time with it. You don't want to feel like you're enjoying it. It's just go in. And then I imagine it's like, yeah, get out. But also, you don't want to provide pleasure. Exactly. I was thinking this. If you ram a bit, like, maybe if you ram a bit too hard, there might be a little, ah, uh, coming out, and then that's it, then. No, it's not going to be. There... You can never see her again. And then you've got a new brother or sister. Oh, this is, this is, this is getting even dark for me. There, there is no way that there's going to be any, any kind of pleasure in that situation. If there is, if there is, there's something wrong with that family like <laughs> gunpoint i imagine would already be like terrifying already get you hard enough yeah <laughs> as soon as they pull that ak out like I, I i know i i know what i'm like you know a couple of vodkas and my dick just refuses to work let alone if i got an ak there so i'd have to like fumble about trying to get something to work right to then chuck it in my own mother which is horrendous to think about <laughs> which is horrendous to think about anyway and then they give you that scenario on top. This is this is a time where any excuse to just immediately combust and just die, I would jump on that. But as that's not on the on the table, you, life just you got to keep moving forward. As Rocky says, you know you got to keep punching forward, keep moving forward, and and that's what I'll do, straight in. <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't want it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, mum. <laughs> straight in that's awful mate that is absolutely awful but i'd probably echo your thoughts with the direction you're going but i probably wouldn't be going at such force i'd probably just go a little bit in i mean you've been in your mum once before right everyone has that's where you came from kind of close enough right <laughs> that's what you tell yourself in there afterwards yeah yeah exactly that yeah, yeah. you've never been in your dad <laughs> or around your dad in that or sense on your dad yeah oh, i definitely haven't but you have been in your mum. 
So it might be like going back home, you know, it might be warm, <laughs> it might be nice, it might be, you know, familiar to some. <laughs> It would definitely be warm. <laughs> nice and nice and familiar are two words I definitely wouldn't put together. <laughs> but the thing is, right, you you don't want to enjoy it. So let's try and like, associate the feeling with something that, you know, wouldn't, you know, make you come. <laughs> so you've got to think about something else, haven't you? Surely. It's, it's surely it's it's just a, it's just a two inch in right so it's not like it's not like you're going full in it's not like you're going you know you're going in and out you know you're not having to actually full on commit to it so just just that bit in and that's and then you're done I I imagine you're already you're already two inches in but your dad's two inches in you so you have to move at least two inches forward so you're four inches oh, in at that point oh god oh you <laughs> but your dad stays still then. Yeah, he everyone, doesn't move forward everyone with you. stays still. You get they released. both stay still. You're the one that moves. At that point, at that point, if you've already got in four, you might as well just fucking go for it, and you, you might as well literally just what you might as well do at that point is just stand up with with your mother and just swing her into the assailants, and he may get shot, but surely that's release. That's like that's probably the best case scenario, so you don't have to live with yourself afterwards. So if anything, you probably want to get shot in this scenario. So Spencer, me and me and Phil choosing to do the dirty and go forward to just keep moving forward. That's how winning is done, and that's that's what we're choosing to do. What are you doing, forward or backwards, mum or dad? Okay, so I didn't come up with this question. I got asked this question many, many, many years ago. And so I've had a long time to think about it. And I see the arguments for both sides, right? So for one, if you go backwards and your dad gets four inches in you, I feel like me and my dad could get over that easier than me and my mum could get over me sticking it in her. So I think that's the argument for that side. As in, I wouldn't really fancy someone in me, especially not four inches in me. That's a bit mental. But afterwards, me and my dad could just never speak of it again and just pretend it never happened. However, me, I'm not like you boys. I'm different. <laughs> and it's not in a good way. Like you, I would also go forward. However, when you only have a two-incher, like myself, it's not getting any deeper. It's just... <laughs> He's done us. He has done us. <laughs> it's just there. You just you kind of just push her forward and then you're out and you've not gone any deeper. That's it. And then you're out. Problem solved. I could have sworn, Spencer, you were going to come up with some bullshit like saying, difference between me and you boys is I got that fucking Jesus dick. And so when I go with my mum, she's never going to look at me the same. She's never going to have felt something like this. What are you going to boast about shagging your own mother? And I was thinking, what is this guy all about? I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that the way you did. Who would have thought having a small dick comes in clutch yet again? It's not the only time you've brought this up, Spence. I think you've told us this admission a couple of times throughout the uh, history of this podcast, and it's come out roses for you every single time. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I might need a reduction. You know what I'm I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I mean, it's it's good for those hypotheticals, but in practicality, in real life, your day-to-day, it's not exactly something you're happy about. I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed though. It's it's part of who I am. You can't change it, mate. You might as well just rock it. If I was you, I'd just show it off every chance you get. Just, you know, spin it round. Spin it round. Because 
to be honest, nobody will really see it. It doesn't spin. Two inches, no one's really noticing anything. No. Yeah, it doesn't spin. <laughs> oh, this is depressing. You, you could even do, you know, a roly-poly on your bed and like in just pants and it just wouldn't come out. It'd just be fine. That's an eye risk for Phil. If anyone wants to revisit that, what episode was that again, guys? <laughs> <laughs> People can go back. We're all we're, we're video these days. You can see that. Nobody wants to see that. That was a it was a traumatic experience for all of us watching. To be honest, such a such a half-assed attempt at a backwards roll. It was it was so much commitment. If that's your level of commitment. Then I I really I, I don't know what when you feel about something about flaking something. I I just don't even want to know what that looks like. But guys, Spencer, that was. That was interesting. That was certainly a question that will haunt me for the rest of my days. So thank you for that. I just hope my dad doesn't listen to this podcast episode. Because <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He does. To be fair, he's probably quite grateful. He's like, oh, you, I'm, fair enough. Yeah, you didn't choose me. He's probably chuffed. What if he's gutted? What if he's actually gutted? That he's like, why didn't? <laughs> if, he's, if he's gutted, then it's ropes. <laughs> it's ropes. Let's, let's bring him on the show for his reaction. Next episode, bring him on. No, I'll, I'll, segment. I'll tell him we just skipped an episode. I said just go straight to sixty. It's a big quiz, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a blinder. Oh, speaking of being a blinder and getting blind drunk, guys, what are you drinking today? Spencer, I'm going to come across to you first. Tradition does state I do start with you. So, as tradition also dictates, I typically drink the reds. Today, fucking absolutely no different whatsoever. He's back on the reds, baby. We got um, we got like 16 buds. And then when we get through those... <coughs> ooh, and then when we get through those, we've also got 15 or 12? I think 12. 12 Estrella to get through. However... However, we are leading up to episode 60. Boys, we really are. It's an episode away, and I owe five shots. And you boys both have the power. Davey, you have five to give out. Phil, you have three. I have none. So I kind of need to, you know, save myself for next time. So today I am also drinking another Spenpai classic, the Fireball. And I'll tell you what. Oh, why is that so stiff? Fucking hell, Davey. It's all the all the sugar, mate. It's been stuck in it. It's been just on top of oh, my fridge. Oh, it's stuck as fuck, bro. He <laughs> takes the piss <laughs> out of me because I struggle sometimes to open a Budweiser bowl. I bet if I came down, I could open that thing frame one. Well, now you can. He's opened it. Listen yeah, to it. Can you hear it? He's loosened it for you, Davey. Oh, that's yummy, that. Look at it. Can you see all the sugar around the room? Not in the quality we're recording at right now. No. The the watches I'll be able to see. It's it's glue, mate. That's not even sugar, it's glue. So you're knocking one off your tally straight away. So you're going down to four then, Spence. I better update the dock as we go. Going down to four. And I'm hoping to knock a few. Well, just to give you the current tally, at the moment, I owe four. Phil owes four. Spencer owes five. And that is before we have, as Spencer alluded to, the additionals. So I've got five to give out from winning the last quiz on episode 50. Phil has got three following his Game Awards prediction coming in gold. And we'll be touching on that in just a, uh, just a minute. But let's go over to Spencer to see him take his first shot of the night and take that tally down. Tell you what, I love Fireball, but I'm actually like terrified. <laughs> there's so many shots in my near future. 
Um, it's, it's, it's a scary place to be. Oh well, chin chin, boys. Happy New Year! Cheers, mate. Get it down, you. Oh, the first one's always so pang, but then you always remember how the next one's gonna taste. I'll save that one for about yeah, an hour. It's gonna be lovely. What about yourself, Mister Hoy? What are you bringing to the table today? Well, Davey, I am glad you have asked because I've gone back to the dark side. Uh, I'm not on the reds. I have delved into uh, my stack of random ass beers that I've got downstairs and I'm on the karaoke tears. It's an Indian pale ale and it's a 6% and that's what I'm starting my night with. But I've got a bit of a treat for you guys. So I've been to the States, if you didn't know, listeners, viewers. And I was hunting high and low for a particular drink when I was out there. Because I thought it'd be quite a quite a nice thing to try it live on the podcast to give my thoughts and give it a rating, like we do on this show, of this legendary drink that all the kids in the UK have gone crazy for in the last couple of days. And I managed to find a bottle of prime. Yes. Not just one bottle of prime. I'll tell you the story. I was looking on the website, walked into a couple of shops. They were like, nah, sold out. You ain't going to find any of this. Walked into one and the guy was like, oh yeah, just, just over there. And there was one crate left on the side. And I said, oh mate, can I just buy the one? And he was like, oh, we only sell them by the crate. And I was like, mm, kind of don't want a crate. It's a lot to take back, right? And then he said, well, the crate's $23. I was like, what? $23 for a whole crate? My brain got started ticking, started calculating the profit that I could possibly make for that. And of course, I bought the crate. And we managed to bring it all back, so I have a crate of Orange Prime at my house ready to try. So you boys are welcome to one. Uh, I am going to be sending out a couple to a couple of close friends as well. Um, but I haven't put in any on eBay just yet. I'm avoiding that. But apparently, they go for around 15 quid, which is crazy, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar. How, how many is in a crate? Um, let me just twist my head. I would go 12 in a crate. That's actually really good. Oh my God. I've seen them sell for like £5, £10, £15. They've just started stocking them in Aldi. So the price might have dropped a little bit. But they I'll, have to, I'll have to hold on. Diamond hand spend. Diamond hand, I'll hold baby. these Hell until yeah. the time is right and then flood the market with 10 or so other orange primes on ebay but listeners if you want one and you've got 15 pounds uh, my paypal will be in the description of the podcast <laughs> but i'll try it later on in the podcast and i'll let you know what it actually tastes like people told me it tastes a little bit like orange Gator gatorade a little bit like lucas aid somewhere in between but i'll let you know a little bit later on in the podcast guys what the fuck is prime where, what is this all about like where, where has this come from is this a tiktok I thing you know i don't do tiktoks want. Please do, please do. Carry on, Spence. Yeah, so uh, you know KSI and Logan Paul boxed. They had a massive fight or whatever. Well, after that, they became friends again. They were friends all along, let's be honest. They were always friends. They literally won the Go Watch Super Bowl together like 10 years ago. They then collabed and released a sports hydration beverage called Prime. So this is the drink made by KSI and Logan Paul and kids are going absolutely batshit insane for it for no reason whatsoever other than the fact it's made by those two people. And that's it? That's it. They sell them for, in, for retail in the UK for £2 a bottle. 
but people as soon as they're in stock people are going in buying them by the dozen and then selling them for like 10 to 15 quid the thing about it was it was a limited release out in i think it was aldi's did you say right spence aldi's it was initially it was asda and it was only supposed to be sold in asda and arsenal stadium and then now it's in aldi's as well yeah, I think on the 29th, I read something that um, they, they stocked it for all of five minutes. There was a massive queue outside and it was limited to buying three bottles of Prime each. And the whole thing just went out in a couple of minutes. So, yeah, the demand is far greater than the supply on this. But purposely, obviously, they're, you know, they're businessmen. They want people talking about it. Hell, we're talking about it on the podcast. And I have one. Well, I have 12. I, this is the first time that I've really felt like an old man. Like, I do not get this at all. Like, who the fuck cares about KSI and Logan Paul? What the hell is this? Like, does this drink turn you orange? Do you remember, like, Sunny D back in the day? Everyone would drink Sunny D and everyone wanted it. Or the Tango Man. Or the Tango Man, he would do it too. But it would turn you orange. There was a <laughs> downside to drinking so much. Is it a case that if you get Prime, too much Prime, I don't know, you either immediately sign up for a job with Amazon, or... You become that flavor. You become a living orange. Is there is there anything like this that was that made Kiora and Sunny D so exciting in the nineties? I'll keep you updated as I drink through them, but I'm probably not going to drink all twelve on the show tonight. Well, if you do, if you do, and then we start, you just see, <laughs> you just see audience. You just like see Phil's head just becoming rounder and rounder, like more pitted. And then next thing you know, it's just an orange there. That's not a trick of editing. That's just too much prime. Too much prime. <laughs> Too much prime. That's what happens to you. But that's not the only drink I brought back from the States. There's also another interest, or semi-interesting, I suppose. Well, it was interesting to me at the time. I know this show has been pro-wrestling, I would say. The last couple of episodes, we've talked a lot about wrestling. We've had some lovely wrestling um, impressions from Spencer particularly. So The Rock, he's got his own drink as well. So I oh. brought a can of Rock Zoa. To drink as well so if we have any shots a bit later i might spice it up a little bit with some zoa tropical punch and there's that black adam on the front oh nice fear dues i i miss the days of just when you'd come back and just bring back mountain dew i miss those days as well because i like mountain dew i don't know if i like either of these drinks yeah yeah well hopefully they're good i mean especially this prime thing fingers crossed you know kids kids are just fucking dumb but i can't fault the grind Cheers, mate. i can't fault, <laughs> i can't fault the grind and if ksi and logan paul have managed to put out a drink that everyone's going wild for who am i to judge and who knows this might be the new monster for me maybe i can go about trying to get sponsorship from logan paul and ksi and litter the back of my car with an unlimited amount of scrap cans of prime if i can buy more than one can every five months who knows think about it davy Five years' time, this podcast blows up. We could be releasing our own drink, and I think that's the way to go. We could have our own version of Prime, an NPS we trust Prime or something like that, and make billions. What would you call it? Fanny juice. juice. Oh! We both went down the same sort of... You boys. Yes. You boys. There it is. There it is. That is immense. We got quite a bit of delay on the line because Spence is recording at my house, so we we have a bit more delay than we normally do. So to come up with that like that, Phil, oh, I've missed you. We are friend. connected. Oh, I've missed you. Somewhere. Oh, there's the link. 
Well, guys, I am keeping it very simple today. So I'm on the Reds, and as Spencer described it, we got the Reds, which, you know, it's an all right beer. It's not bad. It's kind of the podcast staple beer of choice. Not the best beer by any means, but we've got the best beer there to run up alongside it with Estrella. So that's always a great time. But in terms of my shots today, so I've got four that I want to get through today. I'm on a drink that I've never had on the podcast. I'm on Lemoncello, authentic Ooh. Italian Lemoncello with a little pop bottle, a little corkscrew. It is going oh, nice. to be fancy. a peng drink. So I'm actually really looking forward to taking my shots today. And who Do knows, even after I've done my four that I owe. Yeah. Let's just do it now, shall we? Do you know, the last time I had limoncello was, I think I was about 18. And I remember I went around to a house party at Phil's. This was when we used to go out on a Thursday night. And I remember I bought back a bottle of limoncello. And I just did that as pre-drinks, the entire bottle. Sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. I, 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 can't, I can't remember that night. All I remember is being head in bowl. And I think that's, that's when you know you've had a successful night. but. Chin chin, guys. Happy New Year. Cello, cello. Lovely. Don't know if I'll be seeing the same in four more, but right now, gorgeous. <laughs> now let's move it on to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So, guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode, and I'm desperate to know what you've been up to in that time. Now, I'm going to break tradition on this, and I'm actually going to come across to Mr. Philip Hoy. You've been away from our life for far too long, Phil. I want to know what you've been playing, and if you haven't, what you've been up to, because we've just missed you. You know, last episode, I may have been talking a lot of smack. I may have been calling you out. But that was all in love. That was all in love. You know you've got three shots to give. I know he's sucking up, isn't he? I am. He's I am. kissing, but I did listen back to the episode, and you are right, Davy. You did mention my name quite a lot. I think Spence, you mentioned me once or twice, but Davy, I was the name on your lips throughout the whole episode. You're bringing me up all the time, and a lot of them, you were punching down at me. You were having a go because I wasn't there to fight my corner. So later on, when we discuss a bit about the video game awards, I'm here to fight my corner now. I'm ready for you, and by that time, I'll be full of prime and those boys box. So that's what I'm hoping it'll give me the ability to do a little later. But what I've been playing, I haven't really been playing a lot of PlayStation games, purely because I can't take the PlayStation to the States. But what I did take is my Steam Deck, and I played the shit into a game called Steam World Dig. Now, I don't know if you boys know about this game. It was on PS4 uh, a while back, and it's a very entertaining game. Yeah, I know all about it. I've, I've never really played it myself. I've, I've seen it, though. I've seen enough to know that it looks really addictive. And I think the reason why I haven't started it is because of that addiction level that the game would give me. And I know that the platinum on it is insane. It's like a really, really long play. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But, uh, but please, by all means, tell me all about it. Well, it was a little game that I've had in my Steam library a little bit. And it's one of those games that when I'm home on my PC, that generally I'll just click League of Legends instead and kind of miss out on these kind of like smaller, kind of indie-esque games on um, Steam. 
Uh, but the Steam Deck is perfect for those opportunities while you're, you know, stuck on a flight for nine hours. And I think I played about eight hours uh, on the way there and about maybe six or seven on the way back of Steam World Dig. And it is a brilliant game. And as you said, it is massively addictive. It starts off very simplistic. You are just digging down. Um, but, but by the time you get a couple of hours into it, there are more objectives on the map. There are more kind of uh, difficulties to overcome uh, and more items to think about. You've got to manage both your health and your water levels. Uh, throughout the game and pick up water at different parts and that's kind of uh, a finite resource uh, when you're digging down into the depths of the dig but brilliant game really really funny it had me laughing at certain stages uh, of the game with its dialogue even though it's not voiced in any way uh, it, you, you just read the uh, the text that pops up between the characters but it's a lovely little game and it is beautiful on the steam deck and it sings it's one of those games that it's classed as four deck um, and I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of uh, Steam games, they're not fully uh, kind of set up for the Steam Deck just yet, um, as it's a new bit of hardware. Um, but Steam World Deck works seamlessly, so uh, top marks to those guys for sorting that out. But I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'll be playing some more of that, I'm sure, on my next trip, wherever I go. Fantastic. Good to hear it. So was that the only game that kind of like really took your focus throughout the entire time that you were away in the States? No. Now, it's the game that everyone is cursing at the moment, and I've been playing a hell of a lot of it. I absolutely love this game, um, and you guys are already shaking your heads because you know it is a mobile game. I've been playing Marvel Snap. Now, this game, you, you think Steam will dig is addictive. This game is addictive. The gamification in this game is incredible. All the time, you're just trying to upgrade your cards, make them look better, make them look shiny. It's so cool. I absolutely love the game. I'm building up my deck at the moment. I'm going with a Hulk deck at the moment. So it's big smash right at the end of the game when people think they got you on the ropes. Uh, I'm not doing this kind of like death deck that everyone plays uh, where they're like cutting cards and bringing on Apocalypse later on. No, I'm full on, uh, full on Hulk and I'm smashing people and climbing my way up. I'm getting quite competitive uh, at the moment. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoying that. I don't know if you guys have had any time to play this game yet or, or, or know much about it. All I know is that YouTube seems to think I would love Marvel Snap. So every single time it's like, we got something really great to show you guys. That's what he sounds like on the advert. We've been working six years talking about Marvel Snap, and now we're talking all about cards. It's not a traditional card game. You take the turns when you want to take cards. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Just let me skip this ad. I want to go back to fucking having an Ikea ad every five minutes rather than this. It's, it's doing my head in. But when I was at a New York Comic Con a couple of months ago, Marvel Snap was the big thing over there. It was huge. Everyone was walking around. There was a huge booth for it. They've given out cards. You scan these QR codes. That couldn't get me involved with it solely because it's just not how I consume media. When I'm on my phone... Um, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere, like I'm taking the train to work every day, I'd rather just endlessly scroll through Insta or just go on Twitter or just go on a YouTube video rather than boot up a mobile phone game. Uh, that That's just me. That's just how I consume games. And mobile gaming, the last time I really had a, a proper kind of go on it was back in Flappy Bird territory. You know, we're talking like 2013. So I don't think Marvel Snap's going to get me into the fold. But I have heard a lot of positive things with it. So you're certainly not alone on this trend. I don't know about yourself, Spence. Have you played any Marvel Snap? You look like the kind of guy that would run some kind of weird deck. I, I don't know who you'd have on your team. I reckon it'd be all girls. I reckon you'd have Rogue. 
you'd have Storm. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you'd have like everyone that's like an absolute worldie on your team. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Damn fucking straight, I would. Hell yeah. But then I'd also have Spider-Man in there somewhere. Oh, Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen. Oh, I've actually spoiled for choice there. There's so many of them. Oh my God. Actually, yeah. I haven't played it. But I will say you did mention Flappy Bird. In my school, because I was in school when that game came out. I know you boys were whatever in your 12 years into your careers. I was in school and I actually had the highest score in the school on Flappy Fit and legit as well. Because there were some people who cheated. It wasn't big dick energy. I was just good at games and I was I had nothing else to do. I was lazy. So I just stayed in and just played Flappy Bird for hours on end. But I had massive score like either neither nearing thousand or it was over a thousand i can't remember but it was big dick a small dick i suppose see when i was in school we had football stickers which i'll be honest with you i only knew the liverpool players but i had a stack about this tall big elastic band around them so absolutely ruined them if you ever swapped with me but i always had those in my pocket or pogs that was my childhood that's what we had that was the big dick energy in my day Davey, what have you got to trump that? Anything? Well, Pogs was still big when I was when I was in school a few years later than you. But the big thing for us was Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards had just come in, right? Uh, so they were yes. huge. And they lasted oh, about five weeks on the playground before they were banned. Pogs were, like, immediately banned. They, we were coming into school knowing they were banned, still playing them, you know? Like, like as if you're dealing dice in the alley, you're just playing fucking Pogs. They, they were, like, totally illegal uh, in the school ground. And then Pokemon cards, right? And I think I was kind of the reason why they got banned in school. Because I I had just the booster pack. You know, the starter pack that had Machamp, the shiny Machamp in it. And this guy... I do. I do remember that. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Well, there was this guy called Richard Grist. Shout out to the podcast if you're listening, uh, if, listening Richard. But he had an Arcanine, right? this shiny Arcanine or whatever it was, and it was just taking people's cards. We'd, we'd, what would happen is we'd play a game of Pokemon, and if you lost, you'd hand your deck over. And uh, but we didn't What? Re- yeah, yeah, but we didn't know how to properly Mate, play. I would have never played you. I would have never played never, you. Never. Christ, a whole deck. <laughs> well, whatever card you bought into that battle, right? But the thing that is... That might be all your paper round money. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it would be. It would be at least a pack's worth. But the thing about it is nobody knew how to properly play. So nobody was using like the little like the little like gel Energy balls cards and, glass. and those things. They yeah. were glass, they were. Whatever they were. No one used those. So all it was was a case of you pick a move, the opponent picks a move, and you got that you health point and you just take trunks. turn after turn and just Essentially, yeah, kinda. And all that What school ha- did you go to? A special school? No, <laughs> it was Saint it was a Christian school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I take take from that what you will. But but yeah, the thing about it was, this guy, he just he played against my matchup, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll play you because he was he was like on a five win streak. He'd taken loads of kids' cards, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll play you, but I've got to go first. And he's like, okay. And my matchup's got big big fucking HP, so I just used the same move five times and killed his Arcanine, took his card, and took everyone else's card that he'd nicked, and he cried. Right, he started crying, and he's like, "Don't take, don't take my cards." And I was like, "They're mine. You've been taking everyone else's. They're mine." And I had them. Right, I took the cards. I was so fucking selfish. I just grabbed them, looked him in the eye. I was like, "Thanks for the cards." 
boom took them right and then and then next <laughs> and then all that happened is assembly next morning pokemon cards no longer allowed in the playground you're not allowed to take them you're not allowed to do this because obviously parents probably kicked off because i'd just taken all these kids cards all that happened then i put them into my little my little collector's deck and then one of my mates came, came around he was like can i put my collection with yours and we can just put them in your cool little cool little holders that you've got for your pokemon cards i was like yes yes you can and we'll we'll swap them every couple of months never swap them they're still in my parents house i went and checked them out the other day you have i got some first editions i got some pretty good cards Goldmine, yeah mine mate Goldmine. i got some good cards they're worth quite a bit of money yeah i got some good first you want to show me those you want to li- you want to show me those on god all right yeah they're not they're not here they're at my parents house but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get them from there and I'll, I'll show you them. And I'll show you which ones I stole from those kids. They're, they're my pride and joy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you got it and you stamped it into the ground. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to tell me. Not that you just took it and kept it at home. Yeah, they're great. I love them. I went and stroked them the other day. Like, oh, brings back good memories. I kept all those cards. You, nice. No, in front of the guy's face, he keeps all those cards, but that Arcanine. Right in front of his face. Uh, he was like, I'm looking after the card for someone else. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> great times. Great times. Oh, man. Well, I don't know how we got sidetracked onto this, but uh, but great conversation regardless. Phil, great choice of games uh, that, that you're bringing to the table here, especially for the Steam Deck. I, I really appreciate seeing that reappear. Spencer, what have you been up to these last two weeks? Right, well, obviously I've been playing the usuals. I'm playing them with yourself, Davey, Call of Duty, Dad by Daylight. We're not going to mention those because there's no point. Other than they're both goated, fantastic games. Um, so the other things I've been playing, the first one I'll mention, I've been playing with my missus when she stayed over last, uh, and you probably wouldn't expect it. Uh, let me, I somehow can't remember what it's called, even though I really very much should. There we go. Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Just Wheel of Fortune, the PS5 game. I saw, I saw, I saw something on Twitter for this, right? Where your missus were posting out a picture. Where yeah. she absolutely smoked the living shit out of you. Thrashed me, yeah. That was Wheel of Fortune then. That's what you guys that chose to play over the Christmas period. Yeah. Well, we've played it in the past as well, to be fair. And it's just, last time we played it, we played it, well, the first time we played it, we played it together. Just me, I was logged in. And then we um just sat down. And obviously the word comes on the screen, or like the phrase or whatever, and it tells you what it's related to. And you just got to try and figure it out. And it's just fun. It's like playing the chase or tipping point or anything, but it's it's, it's a different game. Is it the British one or is it the American one? Because I've played those games in the past and they're very American. Because it's an American like, game show, isn't it, Wheel of Fortune? I, d- I don't know if we ran it for that long in this country, but it's still quite a popular known title, isn't it? But it was UK specific. Makes it a lot easier, I suppose. It was, it was American, unfortunately. Very very american which became very evident to us very early on but then it's like you can customize your own character make your own fellow or fell her i I don't know what the female equivalent of fella is fella i suppose and then you just carry on play the game you spin the wheel spin the massive wheel then all the things pop on it gives you whatever the thing it's great fun it's actually sick and i bet 
someone could make a phenomenal drinking game out of it. And that someone will be me. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, dear. Well, well, what I want to know about Wheel of Fortune, Spence, is how's the platinum? Is it doable? Ooh. Is this something that you're going to grind for with Georgia? Let's find out. I don't have a fucking clue. Nothing else to do. So that's all ask Google. It's a two out of ten difficulty. One playthrough. Nice. Which, I mean, you just keep playing it. 40 hours. 40. 40 hours. Yeah. you got to do an entire hours. season's worth of Wheel of Fortune on your own. I think it's because you have to win 50 games. Not play 50 games. Win 50 games. Couldn't you just play 50 games just against yourself? You could. You know, just hold the other handset and just purposely lose. You could, but there's, there's a minimum of three players. So you need three controllers okay. to do it. Because otherwise there'll be a CPU. And you could set them to easy. But the CPUs, fucking, it's a C- they know what's coming. They know what word it's going to be. So sometimes, even if they're on easy, they'll just randomly be like, there'll be no letters revealed or any hint whatsoever. They'll be like, bang, it's Coronation Street. You're like, what the fuck? What? And you just lose. <laughs> you just lose. But, I mean, maybe me and Georgia together as a pair, as a relationship, as a duo, might somehow manage to put 40 hours into this game and get this platinum because that would actually be what a big dick platinum to have i wonder what the completion rate is on it i wonder what it is <laughs> i bet it's insane it's got to be a 0.1er it's got to be a 0.1er surely to god unless the trophy community's got a hold of this and they're all game boosting each other through it which would be banter if that's the case that would be so Sick. great <laughs> i'd love that so much if they were all doing that for trivial pursuit <laughs> Or fucking Wheel of Fortune Wheel or of any Fortune, of these fucking yeah, yeah. bollocks games. Like Knowledge is Power, all those sort of <laughs> yeah. games, right? Because yeah. that's going to have a platinum as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be class. So is that is that it for you, Spence? So you've been playing you've been playing a little bit of, well, Dead by Daylight and COD for most of it. And then apart from that, you've been playing fucking Wheel of Fortune. I've been playing one other game. Just one other little harry potter reference there olivander with the wand curious the wand yeah i won't do the quote but harry potter reference eh? the other game i've been playing is a game that i've mentioned probably every episode since its release and that unsurprisingly is god of war ragnarok and let me tell you i have just passed the best moment of the game so far so far I'm sure it's going to whoosh, exceed what I've just done in the future. But for now, I've just hit some massive story stuff. And, oh, I wish I could say more. I sincerely wish I could. But I'm going to just, no questions, no nothing, leave it there. God of War. What a, oh, what a game. Thank you, Spence. Thank you. Do You're not spoil this game for me. you probably still that's been one of, of the things I've been looking forward to. To coming back to playing. Yeah. Since being back with my PS5, I've been looking at it thinking, when have I got five minutes? No, we've got a party here. Or we got to go to your parents. Got to go here. Got to go there. Ready to play God of War. That's straight there. Top of my list of things to do. Hell yeah. Great what choice, guys. Great choice. Well, for me, guys, 
as Spence said, we've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight, a lot of Call of Duty, too much, actually, to be honest with you. I've been playing a lot of it, and, uh, you know, it's addictive. It's addictive. And it's the time of year where you just want to get in. It's just fun to shoot people or to run away from killers. And that's what we've been doing. But there is a game I started, and I'm very, very early. But I think this is something that I'll definitely be able to expand upon more on the next episode. And it's a game called Signalis. Now, Signalis launched at the end of October. And what it is, it's a traditional survival horror game. So it ticks all the boxes as far as we're concerned. It's very much down the same avenue as Resident Evil. It's got a camera system, which is reminiscent of Code Veronica. But it's got a really cool art style. Now, it's made by one person, and you can tell that they adore this genre. Because when you interact with an item, it comes up with the same kind of descriptions as like a Resident Evil would do. Uh, you go into the menus. They're very reminiscent of RE, where you can look at an item, you can twirl it around to be able to get clues or to be able to get hints. Rereading through your files to be able to figure out different puzzle solutions. It's excellent. The difference between this and, say, something like Resident Evil is that you can tell that it's full of that, that kind of love and that passion that an indie studio brings to a passion project themselves, where it's very artistic and it's got a vision which drags you in from the moment you play it. The basic story for you guys, and I'm only an hour or so in, so I'm very, very early, so no, no real spoilers here. But the kind of overarching plot here is that you are a replicant, so like a like an android, and you go on these missions into these space ferry missions with a human engineer. Your spaceship crashes onto this this planet, and you come out from your deep sleep and find that the cryopod that held your human is empty, and you've got to go find that human. And so you go into this kind of abandoned research outpost. And in there, you're finding all these replicants where they're kind of made up of half-human and half-android parts. And all the half-human parts have become infected with this disease, turning them into, like, zombie-esque creatures. And that's it. And then it's explore. Explore, get through it, find which way to go, find the items you need to be able to progress. Classic survival horror, watch your ammo, watch your health. You've got six slots, put them to use go enjoy the map and and that's it and i'm very very early days i've got a long road ahead of me apparently it's about nine hour game which is a great time for a survival horror experience and so far all i can say guys is that i'm gutted that i haven't played more of this because if i had there's quite a strong chance it could make it onto my game of the year list because it, it's got so much character and it's got so much drawing me into it that i cannot wait to put the time aside and dive in this is something that I'm surprised passed us by when this came out in October. The only thing is it was competing with COD, God of War, kind of the big hitters of the year, and we've only got so much time. So finally get into this later, you know, than we should have. But audience, one to check out, $15.99 on PSN, and you can't go wrong as far as I'm concerned an hour or so in. Any questions on this one, guys, before we move it on to the last game I want to talk about? Yeah, I've, got, I've kind of got two for you because you're, you're known as the uh, survival horror expert. You obviously run your 
uh, YouTube channel. You do a lot of uh, survival horror reviews, um, and you've you've done a lot of these sort of indie esque kind of survival horrors lately. You know, we've had Tormented Souls. I think that was last year, wasn't it? Um, and then you had a what was the Japanese game that you did recently? Uh, White Day. White Day. White Day as well. Yes, of course. Now, how does this new game sort of compare to those? That's the first part of the question. And also, what are the puzzles like? Because I think that's make and break for a good survival horror. You talked about, you know, uh, the resource management. You talked about, um, you know, the difficulty levels within the game. But when it comes to the actual puzzles themselves, have you had to call Spencer, your wife, in for help on these ones just yet? Or are you not far enough along? I'm not far enough along on the puzzles I've, I've encountered one kind of major puzzle and it was enough that i had to kind of remember what i was playing what genre i was playing because i went up and it was you, you're trying to open the cryo tube like right at the start and you look at it and it's just a keypad and i'm thinking oh, i don't have a fucking clue what what the keep what the keypad combination is and i'm kind of looking around the immediate environment it's you know like from playing shadows of rose recently you look around that immediate environment, the clue would be there. You just input it in and, and, and move on. But it wasn't there. I was like, huh. I picked up a load of stuff while I've been searching around. I'll, I'll, I'll look back through the environment. Maybe I missed something. Look back through the entire environment. And then I remember, oh, it's classic survival horror. I bet it's on the back of something I picked up. And so I went back through my stuff. It's on the back. And I was like, yes, yes, we're back here. It's classic Resident Evil style puzzles. And, uh, and yeah, it, it kind of gives me that thing, that kind of vibe. It, it's too early for me to really narrow this down. The, the one thing I'm pretty confident on is that it's not going to be as difficult in the puzzle department as something like Tormented Souls, which really was. That was more of the Silent Hill kind of category of like logic puzzles. I don't know if it's going to go down that route just yet, but I'll be surprised if it does because Tormented Souls was, that was a fucking head scratcher. I'll put, it, I'll put that out there. But in terms of comparing it to something like Tormented Souls or White Day, it's, it feels a lot more unique than those. And I think it's mostly down to the art style being the way it is. Um, it, it feels like it's got its own, its own atmosphere and its own, it, it just feels unique rather than something like White Day or Tormented Souls, which are kind of half good graphics. Well, they were tributes, weren't they, more? Yeah. A, a sp specifically, White Homages, Day was a tribute yeah. to an older kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it, it, it does feel very different and distinct from those. But um, but yeah, puzzle-wise, which as you, as you quite rightly said, that's the make or break when it comes to the genre, I'll be able to give you a full rundown next time. And uh, if this is if this is something that you know I'm championing, then might be something to to think about while we get into you know the quiet parts of the year if they ever materialize, <laughs> which I don't know if they <laughs> we are. Ain't slowing going down to. Next no, we ain't no. slowing down next year. No, we ain't slowing down. No, I think you might be right. Strap yourselves in. 2023. Boom. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, the last game I want to talk about before we uh, before we move it on to uh, the game awards and get Phil's kind of overarching take on this before we move on to our main topic is for spoken spencer spoke quite a lot about it on the last episode and i asked him quite a lot of questions all about it well i put about an hour and a half into the demo and i feel very similar to spencer in a lot of ways but then a little bit more positive than he did 
Now, the big things that Spencer was talking about last time, and, and Spencer, sorry, I don't mean to speak for you on this, so I'll, I'll bring you in if you want to, but the, the big things that you were talking about on there was about the fact that the weapon wheels are quite confusing, the combat doesn't feel that great, uh, the traversal is kind of mindless, and that the graphics aren't that great. Now, in terms of the graphics and the traversal, I'm 100% with you. The graphics, and this is the first time I've experienced this, audience, Phil, Spencer, you know I'm a sucker for ray tracing. I love it. I went onto the ray tracing menu. It makes the game look worse. It actively looks worse with ray tracing than it does on quality mode. Makes no fucking sense. The draw distance becomes literally nothing. And you can't even really notice ray tracing is on. And you're in the middle of bright sunny day. It makes no sense. It's like the shadows aren't really casting any differently than they are in quality mode. So I turned that off straight away. That was a bit of a disappointment. The parkour system, as Spencer said last time, feels underbaked. I really enjoy what Spencer enjoyed last time, which is sprinting and using your power up as you as you kind of flash to be able to get a, a speed boost, like kind of like a Sonic game or something. That felt great. Climbing a wall, fucking impossible. Impossible. It's it's like as if they thought right. Infamous Second Son did speed bursts brilliantly. You could run up walls, you could dive off stuff, and that came out at the start of PS4 generation. How do we do that, but just make it worse in every single way, for literally no reason whatsoever? And what we'll also do is we'll give you a square move where you can then attach onto scenery, but you've got about a two-foot reach on it. So you can't swing off it like your Spider-Man. You literally can reach slightly in front of you. I thought, come on. Come on. Like, if the swinging mechanics were there, even if they slowed down time you had to manually aim, it would still feel goated. It would feel great. But they're like, no, you can go literally from you to one of those plastic rulers that you have in school. That distance in front of you and kind of hope for the best. So that was such a strange that was such a strange design decision and a proper disappointment. But the reason that me and Spencer kind of differ on this is the combat I really enjoyed. It was mindless, like totally mindless. Never had to think about what I was doing. I found four spells that I really liked across the two wheels, spam the fuck out of them, and just mash circle to dodge whenever something blue came at me. And that and that was it. And I kind of cleared everything I could. I even fought the hardest boss on the demo, aced him. And and that was fine. But to me, it felt like the kind of game where you play this if there was nothing else to play. You know, like, if you if you got this in a month where there was nothing else out, you were in the dry spell like we had this summer, it would be a perfect release. Coming out now in, in January, when you've got Dead Space Remake on the horizon, you're then going into, for those that are interested... Hogwarts Legacy, you've got like some big titles that come out in like February and February's death month again. It's gonna it's gonna die. I, I honestly th- this game was it was really disappointing to play. And as much as my ex- expectations have been lowered from Spencer talking about it, it's worse than I thought it could be. Which is which is such a damn shame. 
that's terrible to hear, mate, because I think all of us on the podcast, we were quite hyped for this game originally. And some of the stuff we were seeing, you know, the the early looks into the game, they, they did look beautiful. And the combat looked interesting, kind of the setting of the game, you know, it, it had our minds going a little bit. And we, we did want to play it. But again, it's one of those situations now where a demo has completely turned you guys off. I haven't played it. I haven't had the pleasure just yet. But going off what you guys are saying, I might not even try it, right? Um, has, has, has definitely spoiled it, really. So, yeah, it's unfortunate to hear. It's like I said last time, literally last episode, we've had so many instances of a demo being released for a game we're extremely excited for. And so we think, oh, let's go. We can try it before us out. And then we don't buy the game because the demo is so appallingly bad. And this is just another prime example of that. Like I said, when I played this game, same as you, Davey, I I thought the combat was weird, not amazing, but I thought it was something you'd get used to, something you had to learn. And then I thought it has potential to be good. But the traversal and the baked, when we first saw it, when it was announced Project Athea, I said, there's no way this game ever comes to light because it looked too good to be true. And then it comes to light and they've realized we might have to compromise. And they've compromised a bit too much. And it's just not good in any aspect, really. I've got a quick question to tag on to the end of this conversation. Now, guys, do we think demos in this day and age are a good idea? Purely because they come out and generally they're not there just yet. But the general public don't look at the game demo in that in that way, do they? They think this is the finished product. This is what I'm getting. And this game, all the all the complaints that you're sort of putting out there, that might all be fixed by the ter- by the time the actual game is released. It might be, might be. Like let let's give them a chance. Say say all those problems are fixed by the time it comes out. Very doubtful, but let's say they are. Then they've lost that sale. Now, are you pro-demos or are you against them these days? Because they've been relatively negative this year, I would say, on a whole. I think it's it's kind of like a give-with-one-hand-take-with-the-other situation here. Because we've had two demos this year, or two betas, which are essentially demos, which have been phenomenal. Namely, Call of Duty and Street Fighter VI. So you can have games which come out that have betas where they're incredibly confident in it and they put it out and they say get your hands on it and they know and they know that it's going to drive sales if anybody at square enix thought this game was up to par and it was going to meet expectations with this demo they they made a huge critical error because this is the kind of game that you do not put a demo out for because i guarantee you that sales would have been a lot stronger it's the reason why Callisto didn't put a demo out. Because they know if they did, they would have tanked their own sales. Because people would have played it, realized it ain't what they think it is, and not bought it. So I'm glad demos exist, because it gives us the chance to be able to save our money and to be able to get either your hype rise or your hype to severely diminish. But it's it's going to be one of those two. And personally, I prefer that knowledge. I prefer having that. And that's why like PlayStation Plus Premium is really handy because you get their game trials. So you can try these games when they're already out in the wild and make an assessment on it and see if it's right for you or if it's not and have a good hour with that game. But I think it's just up to the studios to just... They know what they've got, right? They're not dumb. They know it ain't going to be a 90% on Metacritic. They know this is going to be a middling experience. 
And maybe an RPG-like game like this, where there's a lot of systems, there's a lot going on, maybe it's not the right kind of game to have a demo for. Because chances are, there could be stuff that I'm missing from this that w was explained 10 hours before in the game that then becomes acclimatizing you and then extra things added on. Whereas when you get plonked in here with all these powers, all these abilities, all these parkour things, it could be that it's just not given me enough information to be able to make me play it the way I should be at this point in the game. And that's a fault of the demo then at that point. But yeah, I think demos are overall a great thing for us as consumers. <laughs> I would just be extremely worried if I was a publisher to put a demo out, <laughs> which, you know, is, is, is not good for the consumer, but I, I fucking wouldn't put shit out. It always makes me think, who are these game testers that are going back to the, the publishers and going, yeah, great game, put it out. Put it out as a demo. Like, people that love this game, honestly, boss. Are they all just yes men because they want to stay in their jobs? They're not going to go back and go, actually, guys, a bit ropey. Do they really give 100% feedback? Well, this, this, is the, this is a big problem, isn't it? And, they, and this is the same with, with movies as well. You know, movies do this. I, I think uh, Thor, um, Love and Thunder, famously was a movie that was like quite, quite tested with different audiences. And I think sometimes you just got to go with your balls, right? And like the audience can tell you stuff. But if you've got like a test size of, say, even 100 people, if you get the wrong demographic in, and you don't get people that split across different things and with different tastes and different things they like. You're not going to get honest feedback because generally, you know, like you say, people that are in that environment, they're hired by Square Enix to test the game. They're there to find bugs. They're not there to say, do you know what? This game's fucking shit to play. They're, that's not their job. And so they, they don't feel like they're in that position that they can give that honest feedback. But they need it because these people that when you're in and you're making that project and you're in it, you can't see the wood for the trees, you know? That's, that's, all you, that's all you live and breathe. You haven't played any other games for, for months because you're working fuck knows how many hours on this one thing, on your tiny specific thing that you're responsible for, like the grass physics or something. You're, you're not going to be able to, to look back and say, guys, this ain't right. Like, we've fucked up somewhere. We've we've made something too easy or we've just made this too simple or made this too complicated when it doesn't need to be. And 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 that's the problem and I suppose that's the, that's the difficulty that that developers have is that they don't really get that full honest feedback until they put it out into the public. And at this point if I was Square Enix the reaction that they got push it. Do not release it in January because if you do you've already pushed it 3 times. It's going to die, which is wild to think about. A PS5 exclusive by Square Enix. But this will be the one out of the three releases this year with Final Fantasy VII Remake two, Part 2, FF16, and this. This game ain't gonna chart. They need to push this. And they need to go back to the drawing board and rethink some of these systems because it just ain't there. You've got to have some pretty big balls to turn around to your boss, haven't you? Where there's millions of dollars on the line and you go, actually, this game, no. Just, yeah. Then the, people aren't going to react well to this demo. But Spence, I want to just come across to you before we sort of move this on. Because uh, you're the type of cat that likes to, you know, have a, have a snippet of information and then just wait. You know, turn the lights off until the game comes out. But this one, you got sucked into the demo. How come? 
Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to interject and answer the question you posed to Davey anyway. Um, I got something to demo just because we, everyone knows I was mega keen for Forspoken. Super, super keen. I thought the game looked phenomenal. I thought I didn't pay attention to what Twitter was saying with the dialogue being an issue. Dialogue's a massive issue in this game, by the way. Horrendous. David didn't mention it earlier. It's atrociously dog shit bad. Um, but I played it anyway because it's, it's a free demo. I mean, you get a chance to experience the game. I thought, why not? Um, so yeah, I'll give it a go. And it saved me 60 quid. So I was quite chuffed. But I would love to answer your question from earlier about our demo is a good thing. I won't have a massive rant like David did because that's, that's what he does. Um, but I think th I think demos are a fantastic thing. But the issue is that developers' perception of demos have changed because now what they're doing is releasing underbaked versions of their finished game not even finished versions of the game releasing it way ahead of time when back in day on the ps2 ps3 you'd have your demo disc ps3 demos as well it was you'd get the demo when the game goes gold and what they would do is just section off a bit of the game and say explore either that or it'd be like a finished section of the game really it wouldn't come on davy come on give it to me come on what are you what are you shaking your head for no, it wouldn't. It was, it, was, it was really misleading back in the day. It was actually really predatory back in the day. Because what it would be, it would be like, you know when they go to pitch a game um, and it's not even done, right? There's nothing done, nothing at all. But they got one tiny bit, right, that they've made and they're like, this is what the game would look like. Like, you think about the Killzone 2 trailer where it, where it was released and they're like, Gameplay, yeah, gameplay, 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 gameplay. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't, CG, uh, no CGI. one thought it actually Total was. CGI, right? <laughs> Total CGI. So, yeah, back in the day, it was like the Wild West, bro. It was, it was literally like a case of, here's a snippet, and then you play it, and you'd be like, this doesn't even appear in a fucking game. Like, because it, <laughs> it was on the cutting room floor. Like, <laughs> but they, they were fun. They were fun back that's, in the that's day. That's my point. And I, I, my I, point I, is that demos yeah, back then weren't a case of, let's, let's show you an early version of the game we're going to be releasing and we hope you enjoy it. Demos back then were, this is actually a section of the game that might be in the game. Let's find out. And it's usually near end game abilities and weapons. We're just going to give them to you. Just give them to you and just have fun. And you'll get them eventually in the game. And you'll see what you can achieve in the finished product. And it was just a case of demos. They knew what was fun. They picked, obviously picked like the best section because they would. Or at least where your, your character actually starts to thrive. And they just give it to you. Whereas now we're getting demos and betas, which I feel like there's no thought in, in them. They're literally just giving you a demo where they're like, we got to do something to try and get people to buy the game. Chuck it out. But Spence, they can update demos these days. It's not like back in the day where you'd have the PlayStation magazine, you'd put that disc in and there was no update to it. What shipped, you played. So if it was complete shit, you had to play complete shit. If it was gold, you got gold. So it was a complete gamble. These days, they can put out a demo and in a week's time, that demo is slightly different because they've updated it. Obviously not the big stuff, but they can do a bit of polishing, especially the game breaking stuff that you go on about. They could definitely have fixed that during a demo period. They could, but very much the case of a week after the demo's released, no one's playing it the week after. People have already tried it the first week, or they've heard about it from Twitter on the first week, and they're like, Forspoken's that bad? I'm not even going to download the demo. Quoting you earlier, my friend. 
or they've listened to this podcast and they'll never <laughs> do anything to do with Forspoken now. We yeah, converted nobody everybody. Nobody game listeners. So sorry, Square Enix. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, Square. You made Avengers as well. God damn. <laughs> oh, I will say actually, quick, David, you said three games. They also released a Crisis Core remake. Oh, true, true. That's that's this year. Yeah, yeah, true. I suppose within a twelve month window, you, you're exactly bang on. But you know, you think about talking about demos of old, right? And not to delay this for too long, but this is our drinking kind of episode. We're just having a nice chat on the on the concept of demos. The thing is, there were some games, right? Where the demo was so good that it would last you for like the same length of time as a traditional game. You think about like the Metal Gear Solid 2 tanker level. That demo that came with Zo- with Zoe, was one of the enders, was probably my most played game. Like for ages at the youth center, I played the absolute fuck out of that demo like every day. It was the entire tanker section. And that is a demo which is super misleading because you think in everything that was shown for that game. Spoilers for, I guess, only Spencer, maybe, who doesn't know. But in Metal Gear Solid 2, after the first hour, you don't play as Snake. You aren't Snake anymore. You play as Raiden the entire game. <laughs> Look at his reaction. Oh, come on, Spencer. This game came out in 2001, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and so everyone, every single still that was released, every single bit of, of pre, like e3 footage everything was all the tanker level it was all snake it was everything was snake and so then when people actually fired the game up did that tanker snake looks like he drowns and then it's like boss i'm going in and you're playing as raiden everyone was like what the fuck and there was like huge outrage there was huge outrage before the internet was a thing right before it was like massive there was massive amounts of of people kicking off because the demo and everything they'd seen had led them down one conclusion and kojima did what kojima does best and just fucking flipped the script and and it was immense but that demo was something that everyone who played that bought mgs2 because the demo was just so fucking good and it was exactly what the game was for that first hour (laughs) i was gonna say yeah i'm i feel like if i was in that situation where i played that demo and then as soon as i buy the game it's like oh yeah by the way that demo yeah it's true yeah 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 flip the fucking script bang change blow your mind i think i'd be i wouldn't have any outrage i'd be like whoa whoa I'd be popping off. I don't know why they'd be outraged for that. I think that's awesome. And Raiden is a cyborg ninja. You see? Like, that's not then. cool. Not then. Yeah, but he, he kind of gets to... He is a ninja. Yeah. He's flipping all over the place. There's so much <laughs> yeah. more you can do with Raiden. Yeah. The combat's a lot, really, really fun. I loved it. I loved the switch up. And me, and me. I, I, I definitely went along with it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, of course, it's MGS2, and you know, they can't really go wrong, can they? Until MGS3. But that's a, that's a hot potato for another day. <laughs> 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 oh, guys. Well, that has been a really, really nice conversation. I didn't expect to go off onto this level of demos. Audience, if you've got any demos that really sing to your mind, maybe the Pandemonium devil for, uh, demo for PlayStation 1, that was one that stuck out to me. Maybe Toka car racing. That was a demo that I realized that it would react to rain hitting onto your windscreen back in PS1 and put the wind wipers on, which was always wild to me. 
anything that stands out to you, let us know right into the email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Now let's move this on to the Game Awards and get Phil's gloating out the way. <laughs> Topic time. So, guys, we are on the pre-topic topic. But before we actually move into this conversation, I propose we all take a nice little shot together. How do we feel about that? I'm in, if Davey's in. I'm in. You're in? Well, we've got to get through these, and I don't want the uh, big quiz to be as messy as the last one. Well, actually, I do. So I might save the three that I'm going to give out. So I'll just, I'll just take one of mine. I'm not going to nominate anyone. No. Here we go. I'll just do one of mine. Chin chin, guys. Chin. Chin guys. I don't know why I do it to myself. Ugh. <laughs> I do not like Jager bombs unless I'm rat ass drunk. And I've had a couple of cans. Ugh. What a horrible taste. So, guys, pre topic topic. We've all had our shots. We all feel good. We're all ready. We're all whirling. We're all excited. Now, obviously, last episode, as we've already mentioned, Davey, you and I discussed the Game Awards. However, Phil, you were unfortunately and very sadly not there. You were absent. So, we thought it'd be a great idea, before we get into our topic, to have this little pre-topic segment and kind of bring you into the conversation you missed out on last time. So, I'm kind, I kind of want to ask you, well, basically everything, actually. I want to ask you everything you missed <laughs> out. So what were your basic... Give us top level, but it, you have free reign. You can kind of go into wherever you want to go, however you want to go. Your shag marry kills. You can bin those off. You can talk about games you want, whatever. You do you, but we want to know your opinions on the Game Awards. Have at it. Okay, mate. Let's run it back to the last episode. Well, let me set the scene for you guys first. I'm on a nine-hour flight, and I've played enough of SteamWorld Dig. And I think, well, what can I do? Well, actually, I have pre-downloaded the Video Game Awards uh, because I subscribed to YouTube Premium uh, for my free month. And I was very glad that that all worked, and I was able to download it in time. I was downloading it on the airport Wi-Fi, which is dodgy. It was a couple of minutes before my flight and I had like three or 4% left to go. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm not going to get this, am I? And then I'll have to download it when I get to the States. But no biggie, I can still play a bit more SteamWorld Dig. But it downloaded in time. So I was able to watch the entire show, or vast majority of it anyway, while aboard that flight. And there was a period where I swear I caused turbulence. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get on to my marry, because I came back engaged uh, from the United States in more ways than just the single one. I'm, I'm going to marry this game so hard. I'm going to marry it up the wazoo, out the wazoo. I cannot wait for this game. And I'm sure the listeners, the viewers, everybody that knows me knows what game I'm talking about. But yes, I rumbled that plane when that game got announced. I swear everyone looked at me in my section of the cabin because they thought I was having a heart attack. I panicked and I whooped and I cheered and everyone else, they're all just trying to relax. I was that guy. If you're on my flight, I am sorry. All the babies... All the babies get set off. The all babies, like, because ah, he's like, ah, fucking go!" <laughs> no, but like, then the thing is, he's also then like, he's like, "Oh, baby!" Hitting all the buttons, <laughs> he starts picking them up and rocking them. <laughs> he's like, "Ooh, <laughs> I'll take care of those." <laughs> I know him, how that works. Putting them down <laughs> his shirt and shit. <laughs> it got to a point where my mum 
tapped me on the shoulder and went, Phil, we can hear you. That's how loud I was getting. So, yes, I really, really, really enjoyed the Game Awards. And I know your ratings, guys. I think, Spence, I think you went for an 8. And if memory serves, David, you went for an 8.5, which is strange because you broke our system. You went to the 0.5 system. And I'm going to go a step ahead of you. It was a full-on 9 for me because there was so much to this and it is so much more than just a shag marry and kill i found that quite difficult actually because i enjoyed the whole show i enjoyed the man with the flute davy you know i always give a nod to the orchestra and this time round, i noticed that they put him further back because last year's show he drew too much focus <laughs> with his kind of movements right he was going ham on that flute and everyone was just looking at him even though i think the violinist was like the talent in the orchestra but he just drew everyone's eyes and that's all anyone talked about or at least me anyway for the show and this time round, they put him three rows back but guess what he did he stole the show he did he? it everyone's eyes just looking at him that's all he is he took the whole show <laughs> he was one of my favorite aspects of the show but of course he's not gonna be my shag or my marry because there were so many incredible games and i'm a massive muppets fan having animal come on stage that was so funny right that took me right back to my childhood i was going to disney anyway right i was already in that mode having animal on stage and the interactions he had when he was like kojima like cracked me up i found that hilarious and that was specifically for my generation i think i don't know if it washed you guys by because i don't know how big of a, a muppets fan you are but for me i absolutely love the inclusion of having animal at that show yeah it was it was cool it was, it was good and it's something that I, I i know the muppets and i appreciated them being there and i thought it was a nice little bit of comic relief to break up the show certainly something that i'm I, you know i kind of slipped my mind if i'm honest with you and when we were talking about it last episode there were so many as you've alluded to so many different things to pick from that it became a real struggle with our list and if i remember rightly and i, I could be wrong on this but if i remember rightly from last episode we actually increased our marry list to two which has never happened on the show just because we were worried that just two marries just wasn't going to be enough you know so I'll give you the same courtesy. If you want to have two marries, Phil, you're more than welcome to, because that's that's what we did. We did. We all, we had two marries. We also had two shags. I also want to say, just add in, just add in from what you said, Phil. I fucking hate the Muppet. I hate the Muppets. I don't oh, know why. No. I don't know why. I fu I can't stand them. I there's literally no reason for it as well. I, even since I was a kid, I've just never liked the Muppets, so it's just stuck with me through my life, bro. I hate my missus loves them as well, so I had to watch that um Christmas Muppets movie, and I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed the movie; it was a good film. But at the same time, I'm just like, fuck the Muppets, man. It's just the same story I've seen anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> I just I don't they know what it is. You? I just don't like it. They don't scare me. No, not at all. Didn't you like his joke? He had a classic joke about what 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 would you name your game animal? And he went animal crossing. Didn't you like that? No, that was funny. That was classic, <laughs> classic Muppets banter. There's nothing it, har harmful in anything he's saying. It's just funny. It was. I, I appreciated no. the jokes. I think they the gaming jokes. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, fantastic. But it's just coming from a Muppet man, and I think Muppet is also an offensive term. So I I mean I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is about them, it just <laughs> rubs me the wrong way. Well, I'm sorry, Spence. I enjoyed it. It was for me anyway. 
I very much enjoyed Animal's inclusion in the show. Amongst others, there was there was lots of different people that came on stage and uh, entertained us. Uh, least of all, probably Chris Judd or Teal'c himself. My God, that speech went on. I was thinking at particular times, oh, my flight might land in a minute. I need to get through this. Come on, skip, skip, skip. He went on for a long ass time, didn't he? And I like the way that certain people, they were up on stage and they heard the subtle tune in the background just get louder and louder and louder. And they thought, right, this is my time to end, to wrap up what I'm saying, right? Davey, you're the same as this guy. You don't know when to stop when you're on a roll. And to be fair to him, I don't really feel like he was on a roll at any point in that conversation. <laughs> it just seemed like he was jumping from topic to topic. He thought, do you know what? I've won an award. I'm dressed in a gold suit. I have long flowing locks and I'm going to rock it. And I'm going to stay on that stage for as long as humanly possible. The music in the background was almost as loud as his voice. He did not get the message, did he? Oh, it was no. It was one of those moments. I, I know me and Spence were supposed to talk about this last episode, and we just didn't. It was one of those moments where I was watching it, and I was like, this is a really heartfelt speech. Like You can tell how much he really cares about this, and this means so much to him. Um, and, and I found that really endearing. And then at the four-minute mark, I started doing a bit of this. And then by seven minute mark, I was like this. I was like, get off the stage, Chris. I was like, Chris, please, please, Chris. Seven minute 42, I think that speech is. Seven minute 42. You don't get that from me. And you guys, you guys get annoyed by me on this podcast. I'm making sense. It was funny because you could see Jeff Keeley on the side of the stage just going, come on, you're off, you're finished, cut, cut. That's what I and was he was like, say. let me tell you about my children. Let me tell you about my children. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Teal'c. We don't care. Get back through that Stargate. Pick up the award, you're gone, mate. It's literally what and I everyone referenced say. him for the whole show. It was hilarious. My, literally, that speech, my favourite part of that entire speech was just seeing Jeff Keeley just kind of... <laughs> just edging closer throughout the entire speech just being like man come on it's my show it's fucking hilarious what what were you calling him by the way were you calling him t-hawk uh t-hawk oh I that's his character in stargate i thought he was i thought you were saying no, was the voice of t-hawk timothy hawk from smash from smash <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna be like no way <laughs> What I love about it, though, and I think the st- the saving grace for it is how good Chris Judge has been on Twitter. Like, literally every single time that Game Wars tweets, he, like, makes fun of himself. And I, I found that so, like, well done, Chris. Like, you've-, you've handled this the best way you could. Like, you could be really salty about it, but he took it in good faith. He knew he went on. He knew he was just excited and caught up in the moment. And we're all human. You know, I can't imagine having that kind of honor bestowed upon, upon you for... A, a game which is a seminal game you know it's like one of those things that y- you must feel like after wrapping this like fuck we've done something really special you know like when a band puts out an album or a song and they think we've done it lads like this is it like mariah when she did fucking a christmas song and she thought <laughs> that's me like i don't have to do a goddamn thing ever again in my life i've just done it Right, this is like that moment for Chris, and so I can get why he got caught up in this. I just think the way he's handled this on Twitter has just been 
top notch because he's been just taking the piss out of himself the entire time. And well done, Chris Judge, because I, I think let's get you up on that stage again. And I think next time, go longer. Because it would just be bants. Because the next time, <laughs> the next time would be so funny. If he's like, last time was 7 minute 42, let's go for an 8 minute 2, lads. Let's do this. Let's do this. It was just so funny that like everyone referenced it after though. Everyone who picked like an award up, they were like, yeah, I'm not going to go on as long as Chris Judd, right? Every single person mentioned his name. So fair play to him. He got a lot of mentioned, a lot of airtime, and he did the business when he was on stage. And he looked particularly good in that gold suit. you got to admit, a gold suit. He, he knew he was winning an award, didn't he? You don't, you don't pay out for gold suits if you don't think you're going to win. If you'd walked out with no awards in a gold suit, waste of money, mate. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel sorry for... Um, I don't know. For, I, I feel sorry for Sonny, who played Atreus, because, like, Chris Judge... The Chris Judge just... Not only, not only did he give the longest speech in Game Awards history, but he's also just such a fucking beautiful beast of a man. And he went out there and he looked like fucking... He looked like hot shit you know i'm always about to say that i love gold every time there's a chance for gold and he's there rocking it looking like fucking butter wouldn't melt i i was literally like oh my god chris <laughs> chris judge you look like fucking god on earth and then obviously i had to hide because that speech made me lose the will to live but that suit was spangly and i was all about it yeah, and it was very early on, so it didn't start off well for me because I was like, kind of knew they would win that award anyway, right? It was an obvious one that was going to happen. But after his speech, I was thinking, this hasn't got off to a good start. But after that point, the whole show changed for me. It just got better and better and be with every game that pretty much got announced. There's only one in particular which I was a little bit like, <sighs> not again, which we'll talk about in a sec. But every other game, I would say, top-notch, guys. So I would I would go as far. I'm going to go one step further than you, Davey. I'm going to rate this a 9 out of 10. This was very, very good. And really entertaining, full of massive games, which I'm going to play, you know? Out of us on the podcast, generally I'm the one to hold back a little bit. But there's so many games on this list that have got my money already. My God. And where do you want me to start, Spence? Do you want my shag? Do you want my kill? Or do you want my marry? Because we can go off on any of these three. It, it kind of depends on how you want to structure it. Because obviously last time, Davey and I both did two shags, two marries, and a kill. Are you going to follow the same suit? Or what? how many of each do you have? Well, I, I don't want to repeat what was on the last show as much as we're running it back. So I think I'll just stick with the three. Obviously, we can't go on and on and on. I know I'm back. You guys did a, what, two hours 40 episode on your own. I don't want to bring this into a three, four hour episode. So let's stick to the tradition. Let's go one, two, three. Um, but it's your pick. Where do you want me to start? Shag, my marry or my kill? Well, if if you only have the three, if you only have the one of each, I think it, the best thing we could possibly do is stick to tradition. Because obviously the kill... Gotta be saved for the end because that's when we shit on that game. It gets put in the ground. That's when you talk the most is when the, something's bad. That's when people talk the most. You never see people tweet about something good. They only tweet when something's bad. And then your shag, obviously, we start with that. All that's my tweets be, were positive. I didn't tweet about the game that I dislike. No, that's fair. But, you know, Twitter. Twitter's got a negative voice. I, like, realistically. So I, I think we stick with tradition. We start with your shag. 
then you marry, then you kill. So, Phil, obviously, sticking to tradition, give us your shag first. Who is the lucky lady you're taking home and at least putting two inches in? At least two inches. I'm moving forward right into this girl, and it's going to take me a little bit of time to undress her because she's under a hell of a lot of armour. Now, I can see Davy rolling his eyes, thinking, oh, no, he's gone for Armoured Core. Oh, he loves this game. It's a big robot mech game. But actually, Davy, the armour I'm talking about is Space Marine armour. Oh, yeah. My God. And you guys didn't mention it. Thank you very much for leaving it to me. But I am the Games Workshop aficionado on the show. And this is a game that I lost my shit on, basically. I, I saw this and I thought, wow. Like, I didn't see this coming at all. It was a huge surprise to me to see this at the Video Games Awards, and I've been glued to it on Twitter ever since. Now, the last game, I think, came out in 2011, if I'm looking at my Twitter and I'm reading that correctly, because I didn't tweet about it. And I was so interested to see what they would do with this IP, because generally, Games Workshop, or Warhammer as is known these days, their games aren't great. They've got the Vermintide series, and now the Dark Tide, which I know, Davey, your wife is a big fan of, and then, of course, they've got the Total War series as well. But outside that, everything else, pretty negative, in my opinion. Please let me know if there is any diamonds in the rough of viewers and listeners. But the Space Marine series, I've been waiting for this one. It's been one of those games that I've been, like, sleeping on. Being like, it's going to go. It's going to go big. And they did not disappoint. My God, this game looks beautiful. And the combat involved in it. And there's Tyranids. You get aliens in this. This is what everyone wants to do. You want to stomp around in Space Marine armor with your big power sword and your bolter and fire 10 tons of shit into these alien motherfuckers. This looks incredible, guys. Now, I don't know if you guys enjoyed this at all uh, or did you just roll your eyes and go, it's another geeky fest fulfill? No, this was something that when it was shown back at the Summer Game Fest, I think it was when we first saw Space Marine 2. And you and me, I think, Phil, both put this on our shag list. It was something that we both were like, because oh, it was a CG trailer at that point. And, um, and, it, and it looked hype. So seeing a little bit more from this, it definitely would have made my list, but the competition just so hard. And like you say, you know me, any excuse to wipe out bugs or bug-like creatures they're fucking getting it. And if I can do that in a giant suit of armor, praising the Emperor, you best believe I'm joining you on this quest to wipe out those dirty, dirty bastard bugs. Bro, I'm in this with you day one. I cannot wait for this game. And this is something that I think is going to be one of those games that when we wrap up our kind of talking points for Game of the Year next year, it may not make the list, but it will be one of those games that would be like, damn, that was a fun fucking time. And that's what you want with a game. It may not be like a groundbreaking experience, but you know that when you suit up and you get in there and you start stomping and you have that kind of power fantasy with a group of friends, it's just going to be a great time. So yes, I'm in with you on this day one. Spencer though, I don't know how you feel because you have a very strange mentality when it comes to Anything that we think everyone likes. So, lay, lay it on us. Uh, well, it's weird for me with Space Marines, with all that Warhammer stuff, with everything. Weirdly enough, the popular kids in my school, or at least the ones I, were friends, I was friends with, loved it. They actually played it, painted their own models and stuff. I was never in that group. I wasn't one to 
go outside and battle toy statues. I was one to stay inside and play video games, and there weren't those video games back then. I, I, that sounded insulting, but I mean that is more or less what it is. Um, I didn't mean it to be insulting, but that was my perception of it. Um, I've never kind of delved into it, so if you boys are in there, I might join you just to figure it out. Maybe see if there is something there. However, as it stands, I have no relation with any of it anything so you guys could be the ones to bring me into it and imagine if all three of us are into that kind of stuff imagine the kind of shit we get up to in real life outside of video games we could have some great times it's something that i think i would enjoy if i explored it but i never have because i'm not gonna make the joke make the same joke as always because i never did well spence let me set your expectations a little lower than maybe where i've placed them because we're not talking about the next Dark Souls here. The combat isn't going to be at that level. The storytelling isn't going to be the next Last of Us. But what you're going to get is what Davy alluded to earlier. A hell of a lot of fun. Going through, holding down fire, and watching things disintegrate in front of you in the most bloody way. And then getting out your big warhammer and raining hell. Boom! Game is going to be fun. And I cannot wait. I think it comes out, well, it just says 2023 PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. So all your PC subscribers can uh, get that one, probably on Game Pass, because I think Dark Tide's on Game Pass currently. Um, but this one, I think I'll save for the PS5. I mean, yeah, Carl. I'm, I'm, it's, Davey, buy it digital, please. But it's, I don't know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll dip in, I'll dip in. I'll gladly dip in if I'm playing it with you boys. My favourite first-person shooter of all time is Bulletstorm. And let me tell you, that is a game has no good graphic fidelity, no great mechanics or anything, no great storytelling, none of it. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. If this is along those lines where I can play with my friends and it's a fun time, I will have zero complaints. So I'm happy. I'm happy to dip in. As of now, I have no expectations. Zero. The, the only thing that could be the, the downside to this is because we don't know the release window, 2023 is Stacko absolutely stacko as it is i'm just hoping it releases at a time that benefits it because if it releases around say spider-man 2 or you know anything or final fantasy 7 uh, final fantasy 16 street fighter 6 anything like that unfortunately it's going to get binned off but it will be something that as soon as we get that quiet moment as soon as we get that quiet time it'll be something we'd be like let's check it out let's dive in and and, and like you said phil it's one of those games that you and me, we played the fuck out of on PS3. We had a lot of experiences like this that were kind of just dumb fun that we really enjoyed and we really got suckered into. And I could see this being something that that you and me in particular will enjoy. You know, I was always collecting back in the day Imperial Guard. My cousin collected um, Space Marines. So we'd always go on campaigns together when we go to Games Workshop and we'd kind of form our armies to, to work together against like the Terminator looking machines. I can't remember what they're called these days, uh, which I think were the ones. Necrons? That, they, they were what you collected, if I remember rightly, when I saw your collection. Or, or maybe that was somebody else I was thinking of. 
I collected a bit of everything, to be honest. I, I even had the Tyranids, so I main, my main armies were the, the Dark Angels and the Imperial Guards. Much like yourself, I was super generic uh, and, and just went down that path. Um, but that was a long time ago when I played. I, I was a kid going into these stores and started yeah. collecting, but I, I'd probably been a fan for like 10, 15 years. And I still do a little bit of it. I, I, I dip a little bit into a game called Necromunda these days. Yeah, the video game for Necromunda was complete trash. Um, but this is the type of game where you can have 12 models and play the game fully you don't need an army of you know a couple of hundred quid or whatever it is you know um and hours and hours and hours to paint them it's relatively easy to uh sort of get involved with so that's what i play these days but as as you said this game does look incredible but it is just going to be dumb fun for you spence all right completely fine roommate completely fine all right so now that that's gone past your shag you've given it a two inches and you hopefully the rest Jesus, you want to satisfy her, give her a bit of fun so that she's fun for me. Let's move on to your marry mate. What are you saying? Okay, so I've had this ring in my pocket for a little while. I've taken this girl to a lovely restaurant on International Drive, and it's a very expensive restaurant. We've bought the steak. We've got the champagne. I've said, Kojima, look in this glass. And what does he find? He finds a motherfucking wedding ring. Because Death Stranding 2, I want to marry you, shag you, almost kill you for that asphyxiation fix, and then shag you again. Because, my God, that game <laughs> is next level in every way. I was so damn excited for this game. And I've been since I finished Death Stranding 1. And the director's cut. And everything else. All the paraphernalia that i've bought the baby i've got it all i've got a beer brick beer behind me for death Stranding. i absolutely love this series and to see it i didn't have a clue what was going on and that's how i wanted it what is even going on we've got an old sam we've got like higgs with a bloody guitar i couldn't unpick it the amount of times i watched it i kept pressing replay when i was on the flight i was so ready to marry it on the flight but i had to hold on a couple of them and play the game a little bit seek it out to see if i could marry it and i did i put the ring on that bitch and i'm glad i have and i can't wait for the future the future looks good and who knows with with you know there being the rain that makes everything age i was just glad to see fragile I was glad to see a little bit into Fragile's past and see maybe what was going on there with that baby and all that stuff. And and obviously Lou and see maybe that Lou's kind of coming back. Great times. The octopus baby thing going on. There, there's so many unanswered what? questions here. Kojima yeah. doing what he does best, right? The, the fact that the announcement said, I think I said this on the last episode, but I watched it, popped off at like three in the morning when I watched it local time and then realized that your crazy had come in the the crazy that i think i spent the longest time denouncing the chance of it actually happening on the episode prior so it was kind of like a, a glee with a realization that oh fucking hell we're giving him a bit of power here it was double whammy for me because i love the series i really wanted this to happen but i thought it was a pipe dream that it was going to be coming out or at least announced this early on because generally he, he just likes to to feed you a little bit kojima and then twist something and then change something and they keep you guessing but he was like do you know what wallop here it is and now you have no clue about even what you're going to be doing in the game it was a cg trailer but it was just completely mind-boggling and that's how i wanted it from him i didn't want to walk away with any gameplay i just wanted to be more confused 
than what I was previously about what he could possibly do with Death Stranding 2. And he's achieved that. He very much has. But yes, double whammy because I predicted it as my crazy. So that gives me... And David, you've actually saved yourself. Do you know why? Because on the previous episode, you were like, oh, crazy, could we could we could give out five shots. And me and Spence were like, no, 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 a crazy should be three. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like an obvious should be one and then it should stack up that way. So you've actually saved yourself two whole shots. Yeah. But there's still three coming. Brilliant. Look forward to those. What about yourself, Spence? How did you feel about DS2? I mean, I popped off. I, I did pop off when I saw it. I was buzzing and I watched uh, Game Awards with my girlfriend. We were both in bed watching it together. And it was a case of she wanted to do stuff. And I was like, look, Game Awards, Game Awards happened. I've missed it. I need to watch it. Can we just shut? Just stop. Stop. Just stop. Let's just lay down. Let's watch Game Awards, please. Please, please. And we did. And then they announced fucking Death Stranding 2. Oh, my God. I, I haven't even finished. I'm nowhere near finishing the first game. I'm maybe like 15 hours in. About the same as I'm in God of War. I'm a bit further in God of War. But I was just like, it's Kojima, man. I don't, obviously, you boys have beaten Death Stranding. Phil, you've beaten it and platinumed it and platinumed Director's Cut. And it's like, you boys don't know what's going on. Trust me. Uh, I don't know. Whatever I saw, didn't, nothing made sense. And I just thought, oh, what a legend. You watch it. It's the kind of thing you watch it and it makes zero fucking sense. You think, brilliant. Brilliant. He's a, he's a mastermind. Genius. Nothing, no one's smarter. Not not Elon, not Bill Gates, no one. It's Kojima. He's the genius in our generation, and he's he's doing it. He's doing it, and I'm so keen for Death Stranding 2. And the beautiful thing is, is that when we get a date for that game, it's going to force me to play Death Stranding 1, which obviously you gifted me, Phil, and I appreciate it so much. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to beat it get ready for the next title which i am so excited for i'm keen i'm keen mate well the good thing is spence there's no way this is out this year there's no way it's not a 2023 game so yeah. you're talking 2024 at the earliest so it gives you i would say time but judging by the release calendar this year <laughs> you gotta hope it's a late 2024 we got a dry period fam because uh <laughs> i don't know mate. when the fuck you'll fit I need 2028. yeah i don't know when you're fitting yeah and you want to put yourself aside in total about 85 hours so if you've done 15 hours and i know you're a platinum whore much the same as davy and you want to get these platinums for these games so that's the time type of time you're going to need to set aside to actually fully see everything within death stranding so uh, it's a biggie it's a biggie god damn i'll do it i'll do it i, I might not platinum it it depends how much I enjoy the game. I'm I'm kind of the mix of you boys, whereas I love platinum, but I also don't really want to platinum something I hate unless it's one pound on the store. So I mean, hopefully I really love it, and if I do, I'll go for that. I'll go that extra mile. But we'll see. We'll see. And I I do those those few hours I've played in the game, I fucking adored. I loved it. And so many people call it a walking simulator and stuff. It's so peaceful and nice. It's even if like it could be a walking simulator, it's a fucking fantastic one. And then there is the action and the music when it needs it. And when it comes in, you're like, oh, 
Oh, what a game. What a great music choice. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I want to play it now, but obviously God of War awaits, so I can't. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen. Death Stranding 2 is up there on my list. Behind Street Fighter 6. And one thing to quickly mention, Kojima comes out and steals it in what he's wearing because he had the same trainers as me. And I popped off for that little thing as well, right? So that was triple whammy for me. It was like Death Stranding 2, boom. I've got three shots in the podcast and he's wearing my trainers. Get in. Phil, I saw the trainers and I thought, well, Kojima, he knows his stuff, right? He knows his stuff. Fashion, maybe just stick to your vans, all right? You know, I was thinking that, you know, these, these they're a bit extra for me, right? I, I preferred more so of the you, Keely you were more, I preferred more You were more Keely Jeff Keeley than you were Kojima. 100%, yeah. I preferred just a velour Did you suit. also notice, did you also notice that in Kojima's jacket, there were so many messages? I swear. There's, the thing it is. It was with, embroidered with symbolistic kind of patterns and i was thinking what's he trying to tell us with his jacket oh see i, I think the problem <laughs> is right with kojima and this is this is the thing that kind of pisses me off a little bit with kojima i love kojima he's my favorite he's my favorite video game designer he created my favorite fucking video game of all time in melky side one but i think sometimes people just look a bit too much into it you know like if you study i don't know if you did phil but i did um i did uh english literature at, at a level and all it is you look into every single fucking syllable that's put in there and try and find the meaning, even though there isn't any. It'd be like, this garden, he walked in, and this flower, this, the lilies were white, glistening with the, the morning dew. And the sun shone with his white, beautiful rays across the land. They're like, this guy is a racist. Because everything he's describing is beautiful <laughs> and white. And he's like, no, he's just describing the fucking day. He's just describing the day. Like he, this, you're looking too far into it. You're looking too far in. And I think Kojima's kind of that way. Like everyone tries to interpret the next ten things he's doing, rather than he's just coming out wearing fucking snazzy kind of trainers and a suit that he quite likes to look of, and he just picked off from Top Man. You know, I, 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 I don't know. But mate, I am marrying this game. So you've got to look at it in that finite of detail. I'm going to get down on one knee and I'm going to full name this person in public, in front of people, and then turn around and cheer to the crowd and go, yeah, I fucking did it, didn't I? I married this one. This is mine. This is mine. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be right. You've got to look into every facet and every detail. And if you don't, you marry him for something else. Hello. Well, We'll, we'll leave the Death Stranding talk for another time because I'm sure we've got probably two years or more of this and, and Kojima's cryptic messages by him just wearing a t-shirt or a suit which has a slight pin or a pattern or maybe it's an off shoot of grey. What does that mean? Who knows? Who gives a fuck? All I want to know about, Phil, is what is your kill which game are you doing the podcast special on and punching down into the ground so that all of us and all our audience think i'm never touching that because i will be ridiculed and you will if you pick any of the games which we put as a kill you're getting it you're getting it you're getting it we'll come around we'll come around jane silent bob style we know we know okay davey before i point my shotgun at the game I would like to kill and force them to go forward into their mother or backwards onto their dad, I'm going to take a quick break 
sponsored by Prime. I'm actually so This is a live opening now. of Prime. So this will be the thing to clip. I'm going to open it and not tip it over my keyboard. Ready? Look at those muscles. Oh, oh that's 15 just... quid gone. Oh. That's real Prime. It's just a... Do you can sell the bottles, shit. empty bottles for like a fiver? What? Ready, you... Davey? Yeah, go on. I don't get this at all. I smell it I'm... like wine. I bet it's not Ooh, even nice. I bet Strong. it's just... I, I bet Ooh, it's shit really? version of LucasAid. If it's, wa- it's more watery than Zade. It's not. I don't think it's like fizzy. Oh. It travels well. <laughs> How far? It very much tastes like. How far you know, we, we had this big conversation about squash. Yeah. And how much concentrate you have in squash. Yeah. And when you get it right, it's just spot on and it's one of the best drinks. Yeah. But as soon as you get too much water or too much of the pure stuff in there, you're like, I gotta change this a little bit. I feel like Prime nails it. You're drinking squash. I feel like it gets it dead on. It's just like really good squash. That's what it tastes it's like. Squash. You're drinking squash. <laughs> and they put some two times concentrate of water in a bottle and shipped it for 15 quid a bowl. <laughs> geniuses. What you can remember is I didn't geniuses. pay that. Geniuses. <laughs> oh. KSI Liverpool oh. geniuses, man. Oh my God. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. What, what concentrate would you say it is, Phil? Would you say it creeps up to a three times, maybe a four times concentrate? Or does the concentrate not even matter? It's just the mix is perfect. The ratio is a bang on. So for a pint, for a pint, I normally go two. Okay. That's okay. what I would go. All right. Okay. Pussy but in level. this, I would say it's a little bit richer than that. I'd probably go up to a 2.5, maybe not as high as a three. Ooh. Because it gets a little sickly at three for me. So also, for a pint, I reckon 2.5, 2.75. But of course, KSI, and you know, they're never going to give the recipe away, even though it is on the back, because I won't be recreating it. I've got enough of it. You say for a pint, what? how much volume is in that bottle? You can see on the back, surely. How much is in that? 600 mil? Uh, 500 milliliters, or a 16.9 fluid ounce. Oh, just under a pint then, like 60 milliliters under a pint. So about equal, just just slightly under. So for it to be that little bit stronger, but nicely so. That's quite that's quite good. Weird they're selling squash for 15 quid though. Asda would never. I, that is I crazy. respect I respect the grind on that. You know how much this podcast and we it's haven't really talked about it too much recently, but ever since we've started going into more of these sober episodes, squash has definitely become more of the podcast drink of choice. It's definitely neck and neck between a Robinsons and and a and a Budweiser. They're definitely up there. So Prime if it gets it, it I suppose the big question, Phil, and this is the big one, would you prefer to have a bottle of that or a bottle of Robinson's orange squash? Oh, straight up this, obviously. I wouldn't be talking and making a segment on the show for squash. Who would do that? That's true. Yeah, true. But you can't sell squash for 15 quid and make 15 quid profit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. This is what we need to aspire our Not podcast yet. Do you want me to tell you... A Davy blend of squash. Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, that'd one. be that's our that's our drink. We got to have two beverages for Impress We Trust. We need a squash and a lager. Yeah, and we that's need a good lager. that's our market. A good lager. That's our market. Yeah. Do you boys want to tell me? Uh, want me to tell you a fun fact about Prime? Sure. I'm, as long as it's not if, negative for what I've just drank. 
Uh, kind of, but not negative. You'll be like, oh, it's made way. of bugs or something. No, no, I no. I don't want it made of bugs. I'm sure there is bugs in it. Bugs are in everything we eat and drink. It's not bugs, is it? It's not bugs. You're not what I'm saying. Okay. It's nothing like that. Thanks. It's nothing like that. But it is a negative fact. Not kind of anyway. If you uh, lift up your bottle and underneath, you'll see it's concaved. So it dips in a bit. Yeah. Ribbed for her pleasure. Ribbed for her pleasure. Yeah. For mum's two inch pleasure. Yeah. Initially, on the first release of Prime Bottles, it was flat. So there was like an extra 10, 20 milliliters in there. And then on the future releases, they cut that amount out by concaving the bottle. So less plastic, or kind of less plastic, I think. Maybe not. Maybe about the same amount. But less liquid in the bottle. So they're actually making more money per bottle than they used to without ever changing the price. Can I just say, I fucking detest this whole prime conversation i don't understand it and i feel like i feel like you know like when parents where they first heard rock and roll and they really kicked off by it and it says devil music i feel like this is devil drink right now because i don't i don't get it i do not understand this at all it's passed me by and all i've seen is people fighting in the fucking aldi and they're like 62 it's like get it's a fucking drink like, what are you doing with your life? And now I found out it's just a rip-off of fucking Robinson Squash. Like, why? The world's gone mad. The world's gone absolutely mad. But, Davey, I've got a question for you. Go on. Do you want a bottle? Yes. Desperate. Absolutely desperate. I need to find it. <laughs> Brilliant. You're not having one of mine. Oh, that is fantastic. 15 quid. I'll queue up in now. I'll, I'll queue up in Aldi in the thank morning. You, mate, thank you. I'll tell um, you, if I if you give me one, I'm not opening it. I'm selling that right away. <laughs> no way am I drinking that. Not a chance. <laughs> to me, to me, to me, because I've been caught up. I'll in sell this it to you. Fifteen quid. Right? Yeah, I'll sell it to you, bro. Not a <laughs> yeah, chance. I'm opening that bottle. I, what I'll do is I might do a YouTube video where it's just that, and it's a three times concentrate like fucking Robinsons, and I compare. And then it'd just be a case of me being like, fuck the prime off, right? Cause outrage, but outrage, as we know, gets clicks. And it would just be, the, the thumbnail would just be Robinson's with a tick on it, and then prime with a big cross, and me doing this. And that's all you need. That is, that's a guaranteed million views. But bringing it back more on track for this, guys, because we've gone way longer on this segment than I ever thought we possibly could do. Phil, what's your kill? Well... It was very hard to pick my kill, actually. So there's a lot of quality games. And we haven't even mentioned, you know, Horizon Forbidden West DLC. I know you guys mentioned Remnant 2, which I'm very much looking forward to playing because that game actually sold me on uh, the PS Plus because that was a game I actually genuinely enjoyed. And I haven't had my time to say, Davey, you are wrong about Armored Core. But I'm a fan of the series. I'm not just buying into it because I'm a from softer. Like most people on Twitter, they're like, brilliant. I enjoyed Elden Ring, so I'm going to enjoy this. No, I was a fan of everything big and mechanized. And I was a fan of the previous Armored Core games. So that one's up there for me. And if I did have another Shag or another Mari, it probably would have featured. But we've chosen that I only have the two. But for my kill, it's a game or a series, or a franchise, that every time anything is mentioned about it, I roll my eyes. Because I'm a fan. I'm a massive fan. I have thousands of pounds worth of Transformers. I loved them as a child. I love them as an adult. 
I'm 38. Yes, I'm still buying Transformers. And they're making a game? Transformers Reactivate? It probably passed you boys by, but as soon as it was mentioned, I rolled my eyes and thought, fuck this. They have only ever made two good Transformer games. Fall of Cybertron, War of Cybertron, I think their names are. They were, they were good. They were very, very good. But everything outside that has been a slur, an absolute slur on the name. They've been taking the piss. It's the same way, Davey, you have a distaste for the Dragon Ball Z movie live action. I feel the same way about everything that's come after Beast Wars, and I'm dreading what this game could possibly be. I'd love to be surprised, but at the moment, I'm killing it. I'm not giving it a chance. They haven't got a good proven record, so I'm going to stand there with my shotgun, and when they push forward into their mums, I'm going to pull that damn trigger, because I ain't interested. <laughs> Do you know, that, that's actually really shocked me, because I thought that was going to be a game that you would pop off for, because I, I know how much you enjoyed those games back on PS3 for the Transformers games, uh, the two you mentioned there. So I thought when this got announced, I thought, Fucking hell, how much more can this be tailored to Mr. Philip Hoy, this entire fucking conference? So I, I saw it and I and I thought, oh, he's definitely going to have that. You know, he's definitely going to have that. So to kill it off, I suppose it's kind of the same thing that that I feel when it comes to like Dragon Ball games in general. There's a lot of them that I think, oh, no, that's not for me, that one. But the only issue is with Dragon Ball games, you've got some of my favorite games of all time in there. You know, Dragon Ball Fighters, Dragon Ball Budokai, Dragon Ball Tenkaichi. They're all like fantastic. So I got like a big selection and then a couple that maybe don't hit, right? Like Final Bout, which was the biggest piece of shit game I ever spent my money on. Uh, 60 quid, that PS1 game. I I'll never forget that one. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised you're killing this off so soon. But who knows? Maybe it might be a case next time you see it, see a bit of gameplay. It might bring you back onto it, but um, see where we go. From I there. do know CPR, so I could bring it back from the brink of death if it does prove its metal. But at the moment, I just see that name, and I'm just like, oh, it's just never going to be good, is it? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to be surprised. I really would. So uh, please prove me wrong. I don't know about yourself, Spence. Did you have any feelings towards this game? All I all I felt towards this game was um, I've I've played very very few Transformers games. I very much enjoyed the first Transformers movies. I say first, obviously, fucking not the first, the ones I watched. I was going to say they only did one movie. <laughs> well, they've um, <laughs> they exist. I still function. They only did one movie. But, one movie. Yeah, I don't think they did any others. I you can Google it. I can. I, I won't. Yeah, I won't. For your sake, I won't. I've played very few Transformer games. The best one I ever played was on PS2. And I, all I remember about it, you was in a jungle somewhere, you press, press triangle to transform. That is all I remember. And I loved it. Probably I remember playing, yeah. probably, my uncle brought it over. My uncle's a massive Transformers fan. And I remember playing that, loved it. I remember playing the first um, the Transformers movie game, which was the one with uh, what Shia LaBeouf. I played that game. It, it was a game it existed movie time games never really been great but it, it existed the best one was that old one a transformers game now now <laughs> now really not even a movie tie-in just a transformers game i was like this is a bit odd but it's phil this is this is phil's show i thought this game when we first started this pre-topic topic i thought this game might be your shag 
And I was quite grateful to hear it wasn't. And now as you kill, it's gotten a beyond not even just shagging it. You've not even just a girl. You walk past, you think, ah, I'll, mm, next one, next one. You think, fuck you. You fucking, she tries it on. You forget the fuck off, you murderer. That's what you've done. I'm getting and my I'm, milkshake, I'm gr- and from glad. across the road, I'm shucking it at her. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. She's that ugly. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I just feel... I'm proud of you for doing that. You haven't sucked into the title. That was for you, Davey. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that a lot. I really enjoyed that one. No, no, fair dues to you. I, I, I'm hoping for your sake, right? Now... I'm I'm never been a Transformers fan. I watched the movie with you. I saw you crying in front of me when we watched it together, half drunk, and <laughs> and I still didn't really understand it. I, I was always more of a Beast Wars fan. So the actual the newest trailer for the newest Transformers film, live action, oh yeah, film, seeing a bit of Beast Wars in there actually did get me interested in it for the first time ever. Um, I'm, am I going to see it? Probably not. Maybe I'll watch it on a plane or something. But um, but yeah, I wasn't wasn't overly keen. I'm hoping, for your sake, Phil, that this comes out with something that we talk about on the Summer Game Fest or whatever it is, and we come away from it and say, wow, do you know what? That was a really impressive trailer. But history's the biggest judge here, and chances are it's not going to happen. We'll park that to the side, and we'll move it on to what you guys are really here for, which is our Game of the Year discussion. Coming up now. So here we are, listener, the big finale to the show, the big send-off for the year of 2022. It is our Game of the Year Awards. Now, last year, for 2021, we had the game which cannot be mentioned, Village, topping our number one list because even though it didn't feature or even though it didn't get close to that number one, I think we all ranked it at number three, and so cumulatively, it became the number one. So we don't know where this is going to go by the end of this topic. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to go around in round robin. The only criteria for this is that the game has to have come out in 2022. I am happy including remakes in this. I know this is something that Phil thinks a very hot topic issue from previous previous years. But the rules are you can include them if you want to. As long as it came out this year. Spencer. I'm going to come across to you first. I want your number five. And the way we'll do this so we don't end up repeating or saving things, if a game comes up that's somewhere else on our list, we will talk about it there and then. And then when it comes up on our list, we can mention the number it came at in and just move on. Saves us just holding conversation when we could just let loose with it. So give me your number five, Spencer. Okay, so my number five was a toss-up between two games. Before I mention those games... I'm going to tick off one of my five shots of the night. Hey, boys. Oh, my God. Spencer, that drags you down to two shots owed. And I think I'm going to join you. This would put me down to one. One left. If you're joining him, I'm joining him too. Oh, Phil, that takes you down to two as well. Yes, boys. Yes, go, boys. Let's take this topic off well. Might of Kings. Listeners, I apologize. If this topic turns into a mess, it's not my fault. It's our fault. 
This is the podcast way. This is the way. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. Do you with some lovely prime. Do you know the way? Oh, how is that? Did you have that with prime? No, no, I'll wash it down now. Ugh. I, I'm 38. Why am I doing Jaeger bombs? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Jaeger bombs is a 16 year old drink. You've had plenty of time to acclimatize to Jaeger bombs. I think, if anything, your age should go in your favor with this. But now those shots are out of the way and our totals have been updated, which uh, leaves the current standings at me owing one and Phil and Spencer owing two, that's bringing on to your number five, Spencer. Okay, so like I said prior to my shot, this was a toss up between two games. I'll mention both games because um, the other game was snubbed, so it didn't feature on the list at all. So I'll mention it for this as well. My number five was a toss-up between Last of Us Remake, so Last of Us Part 1, which is my favourite game of all time. Everyone knows. And, well, my favourite game of all time is Last of Us, the original Last of Us. And the Part 1 is just a better version of that title. So, surely that's my favourite game of all time. I didn't include it because I haven't really put enough time into it. I I know it's my favourite game of all time, and I'm going to platinum it, but I don't need to dive into it immediately because i know it's there i know i'm gonna adore it no matter when i play it it's kind of just sitting there at the moment it could be it could have been my number one this year but that i just i can't do that to myself i can't do that to you lot i want to talk about the games that came out this year that aren't remakes even though we could mention them so for that reason my number five this year is call of duty modern warfare 2 which might i say is a game that is never nominated for game of the year ever call of duty which is crazy because it's the biggest seller year on year. And for damn good reason. Because this game is exceptional. The multiplayer, fantastic. From what I've played the campaign, I still haven't finished it. Guess what? Because the multiplayer is so goddamn exceptional. Still haven't gone to the single player. I can't get off the multiplayer. It's awesome. Everything about this game, except Embassy, is near perfect. Except for the meta and embassy. Those two things. Just those those two things. The meta is dog shit. But that's not a fault of the game. That's a fault of the players. So I'm I'm, I'm not pinning that on the game. The game's the game's sick. And Davey. Davey recently, well I say recently, for the last two years, he's been telling me, Spence, the RPK is so good. You should try the RPK. We call it the RPD, because obviously we're fans of the game that can't be mentioned. <sighs> Almost said it. I tried the RPK the other day and i tell you what listeners mind i've never been one for the lmgs this gate this gun's freaking sick it's my new favorite gun davy's been right all along i thought i was the cod connoisseur the codosaur it's davy i might be better than him at the game but he's the codosaur and i that's that's it i'm not going to go on about the game too much because obviously we've mentioned it a lot on this show but it is my top five it's number five well, I'm going to follow up on that and, and confirm that, yes, even though it's not my turn to go, COD Modern Warfare 2 comes in at my number five position. COD Modern Warfare 2, unlike Spencer, I put the time aside and played through the campaign twice. I played it once on normal difficulty, just really enjoyed my time with it. It's I think at the time I described it when I played it, it's just a game that gives you a permanent boner. It, it's just a game that, 
literally makes you feel like a man. You feel that testosterone flowing through you as you destroy things and you sneak through things and you hear that gruff British accent from, you know, from from everyone that's there, from Price or the Scottish accent. It's a very, like, British-heavy game, and it just gets me my dick hard, and I love it. It's just one of those things that, like, people really enjoy the Fast and the Furious saga. It's kind of mindless fun. But it's actually got a really good story, and it's really well acted. The voice acting is phenomenal. The motion capture is great. And it's actually a really good story that apes a lot of what came before in Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 1 from the PS3 generation. There's missions which are very similar, with the AC-130 flying above head, which still fits exactly well and still works amazingly well, as it did all those years ago. There's moments like that, as, as well as very specific crafting moments that come from being left alive to scour for for resources, which gives a chance for Ghosts and, and Johnny's uh, Soap's character to to really connect and it works it just really works it's a great experience from start to end and it might be six hours for that campaign but it's just phenomenal and i wanted to as soon as i finished it started it again on a veteran difficulty and loved it all over again let alone as spencer's put aside here the multiplayer which has become my most played game for this entire year which i've now clocked up 135 hours into i adore call of duty modern warfare 2 i prefer it i prefer it to black ops i prefer it to literally anything i've played over the last few entries of cod since modern warfare 2019 which kind of brought me back into the cod ecosystem it's the best cod i've played for for the last number of years and even though as spence alluded to it's not perfect the spawns aren't great at the moment everyone plays like a bitch when you get into the top level lobbies when you're racking up, you know, a couple of games at a 4.0 kills, uh, kill to death ratio, you go into lobbies where people do not move and they lie down in the middle of corridors and kill you for walking. But you take the rough with the smooth with this and you may have a couple of games a night which go drastically bad, but the rest of the time you're stomping people from the top of the mountain all the way to the bottom and Spence... I couldn't ask for a better partner in this because I've just been enjoying every single night that we've played a little bit D by D and then switched to COD and it's been a great time. And for a game that incorporates all the features of the DualSense into its design, its 3D audio is phenomenal, graphical presentation is great and it runs like a dream. I don't know why this isn't included more and more people's lists. It's like as if it's a dirty word. Easily one of the best produced games of the entire year. And it's a, just a phenomenal experience. If for some reason you're one of the few people that haven't picked it up, I'd encourage you to buy it. So myself and Spencer's number five slot out of the way, we're throwing the order kind of out the window on the first kind of game here. Phil, you're number five. Well, guys, don't you just like it when a plan comes together? I feel like I've been off an episode and I thought I'd be slightly out of sync with you guys. You know, you guys had a good flow the last episode. I listened back to it. It was a very good episode. I would say to the fans, the listeners, the viewers, go back, spend the time with Damien Spencer because last episode, chef's kiss. And it's worked out, guys, because my number five is Call of Duty. I haven't played as much as you guys have, admittedly, uh, but the time I have... I've absolutely loved. It's It's been a bit of a renaissance for myself, really, just coming back into the series, because I've 
taken a, a long break away from Call of Duty and, and first person's uh, competitive anyway, in particular. And coming back to this, I, I, I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've seen how it's come along a long way since when I used to play the game. And I get those messages from yourself, Davey, from yourself, Spencer. And it kills me inside sometimes where I see him and I'm like, COD tonight? And I'm like, mm, kind of busy, kind of doing this, kind of doing that. So I need to make more time for these type of games. And that is my New Year's resolution going into 2023, is to spend more time in multiplayer with you lads. Because ultimately, I've been shying away a little bit from these type of games and I've been missing out. And this podcast has shown me the light. So keep me to that, guys. I'll be in the lobbies next year with you guys for these type of games. I look forward to 2023 already, baby. Spencer, we're back round to yourself. Give me your number four. Right, well, firstly, Phil, mate, welcome aboard, bruv. I, I'm so keen for us three to be playing games together before anything. That's, that's the dream. That is the dream. My New Year's resolution is for you to play more games with us. So I, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'll try and make that happen, buddy. I'm glad. I, I hope you do. I hope you do. My number four for the game of the year for this year, for me, my personal bit, Stray. Little little game where you play as a little cat fella, little Myrtar, and you run around that city with all those little little droids, little robots, and you just figure out who you are, figure out where you are, and figure out how to get home. And it's just it's just such a beautifully crafted world with a perfectly told story. And you got your little friend. What's his name again, Davey? Is it like D12 or something like that? Tell you what, the more I think about it, the more I think it's B12. It, I think it might be B12. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're back. The on more I that, think actually. about it, the more I think it's B12. I'm Googling it. It's B12. It's B12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds better. Yeah, there he is. B12. Little, little fella. Little, little fella sits in your backpack. And then when you want him, he pops out, gives you a little bit of light, gives little guides your way. He's just, he's such a companion and he just guides you and helps you traverse through the world and learn the story of Stray. And obviously the game starts, we mentioned it in the past, where you kind of just, you lose your family and it's just a tale of getting back to where you belong. And the way it's told is so perfect, so beautifully paced. There's like puzzles throughout the game, but they're so minor. They're not puzzles in the case of they're difficult to solve. It's just you have to explore. And they encourage exploration. It's just lovely the way they've made the world. And in terms of art direction, which is what we talked about prior to the Game Awards, where we thought Stray should win, it, the art direction is phenomenal. It it helps tell the story it's trying to tell, and it tells it beautifully. I, there's not really a bad word I could say about Stray. It's my number four just because these games above it are better. But that in no way put stray down stray was phenomenal and i would love to play it again i'm gonna go for the platinum i can't wait to get back in that world and just play a little mirtar again oh as soon as god of war's done i'm straight back in stray what a phenomenal experience that's my number four and it's solid it could get bumped up but for now it's at number four well while we're talking about stray i might as well have my say on it it comes up later in my list, listener, so you'll have to wait and see to see what position it comes in at. But Stray was a game that I was taking the piss for a long time whenever we'd see it, saying that it was going to be my game of the year, it was going to be in the game of the year discussion. And I was kind of just winding Phil up whenever, whenever it would come up because he would be so anti-Stray. But it turns out when I 
actually put the time aside and the game came out and I just had a couple of days off work, I did not expect to be so enamored by a game. To have a game just grab me from the moment I play it until the end. To feel the emotion that I felt playing as a little cat. You start off and you fall down a massive ravine and you see that cat limp and I literally cried. I literally had a tear go down my leg because I just saw my own cat in that. And I thought, Jesus, this is so lifelike. They just captured every moment of this from the way that you literally pour at, at the different surfaces. And I think, oh, my cat does that to me every single night. The noises the cat makes, the different meows that are there from pressing the meow button. It becomes so addictive. Combine that with robot companions, which are visually appealing, but also have a lot of character and a lot of depth to them. This world just goes on and on, and each time, each area you go into is charming, is full of character, and full of wonder. And it's one of those games that you could tell is just a pure passion project, and I lapped up every moment I was in that world. It's a very special game, and it's a game that I'm sure that by the time we wrap up the PS5 generation and we do like a best of, and we do like a top 20 list like we did with the PS4, that this game will feature there. Because this is one of those games that will stick with me for years to come. Because it's emotional, it's heartfelt, and it's full of passion. And that's what I look for in, the, in my video games. And I adore every ounce of this video game. It might be six hours, but it's some of the best six hours you can put into PlayStation 5. An absolute must play. And it appears later in my list. Phil. What's your number four? Well, it's no surprise Stray doesn't actually feature in my list, and I'm probably going to be doing it a disservice because you guys hype this game all the way up. So I am actually a little bit intrigued the more you go on about it. So I am moving my kind of opinion a little bit towards actually putting a bit of time into this game and, and, and seeing why you guys are so hyped on it. So it will be, unfortunately, a 2023 game for me. Um, if there is any time in 2023, but if not, maybe it'll move to 2024, but we'll have to see. I'll play it at some stage, I promise you guys. My number four is a little game that we played earlier on in the year called Multiverses. Now, who doesn't want to go 2v2 and play Batman, Shaggy, The Crew? Who doesn't want to play with the Warner Brothers characters in a Smash-like fighting game? Now, I feel like because this was a free-to-play game, they broke the meta of fighting games. They changed the kind of layout to how people now think about the release schedule and kind of the process of furthering a fighting game. Now, this game probably hasn't held us as much as we initially thought it would. We dived in pretty heavy early doors, and we were playing a hell of a lot of the game. But I think we played one or two tournaments, got smashed, and thought, you know what, we're going to move on, which is never the right way to play fighting games, is it, guys? When you go to a tournament, if you lose, you need to get back up on that horse. But unfortunately, at the moment, there hasn't been that many appealing characters to get back up on said horse. But when it does, I'd be very much interested in playing a little bit more of multiverses. And if they bring back Finn's bag, because they nerfed the hell out of that, and that was my only move when I was playing, unfortunately. <laughs> 
So guys, for me, I think the thing that spoils multiverses for you guys is that you're so heavily invested in Smash. You know, for people like me who, you know, I've done a little bit of smashing around and entered a few tournaments, played a little bit of it, but not on the level you guys have. When I'm going into multiverses, I'm just appreciating the attention to detail with their characters because I feel like they've gone a step further. I feel like they've really nailed down all the kind of unique Easter eggs and little things that they put in the game that you're like, ah, oh, I remember that about Taz, or I remember that about Bugs Bunny. And I really like that like extra touch that they put on. Okay, they've probably spent more time watching old Bugs Bunny um, cartoons than actually putting the time into making it a good fighting game. But those are the things that I'm, I just smile a little bit when I play it and I go, oh yeah, I remember that. That's cool. I like that. No, I, I completely agree with that. There are so many little intricacies with multiverses, whereas like Tom and Jerry, for example, they never actually try to fight anyone else. All of their moves are them trying to hit each other, but they always miss and it just hits someone else. And that's their entire moveset. And then Velma, her crouch, her crawl animation is her looking for her glasses. And whenever you do it, the screen goes fuzzy. It's just they, they had loads of like very cute call outs like that. And it was great. But like you said, they probably should have spent that time in making the game better. Not that the game was bad in any sense, because it really wasn't. I think it was a case of it needed a more stable netcode, which it was good. Better than Smash is, to be fair. But they just need to work more on how the moves worked and aimed it. I think they should have aimed the game for 1v1s rather than 2v2s which is clearly what they did, because a lot of the abilities, the perks you can get, didn't really apply in a lot of scenarios. They only applied for specific game modes, which kind of means if you go into a 1v1, oh, I've got to change my perks now. And perks were locked behind level-ups, which isn't a thing in Smash. Characters have moves, and that's it. Whereas this game has, if you play this game more, you're actually more overpowered than someone playing the same character at a lower level, which isn't exactly fair. There were some issues, there were a lot of issues I actually had with Multiverses, but it is definitely a great game. It kind of blew everyone away. It was the biggest launch for a fighter, I think, ever. And it blew everyone away. It was great, really great. But the issue is it just didn't have the legs to stand the test of time. No one has stuck with it. No one's playing it today. The only people playing it today are the people who were winning EVO last year with multiverses and that's because obviously they win in bloody evo they're going to keep playing it because they were good at it no one who played it casually is still playing this game and i think that's a goddamn shame but i understand it it makes sense so for it to be on your number four phil honestly it really deserves that spot it is a great game and i would love for it to give us reason to dive back in davy we haven't heard your number four yet what is it going to be my number four is a game that I'm sure, Spencer, much like Stray appears later on my list, I'm sure this is going to be one that appears later on your list. My number four is a little game called Sifu, a game which got snubbed at the Game Awards, a, a game which came out at the start of the year and made such an impression on me that it landed straight into this list. Now, I've played a lot of games this year. I've played like 70-odd games, let alone the ones I've done for review on PS3, PS2, kind of all over the place. So to even get this high up on the list is a huge testament to how great this game is. I don't want to make this seem like as if this is kind of low on the list because Sifu is the game that blew me away. 
I went in knowing that it was going to be a great time. That it was it was designed for me, for what I enjoy. You know, a hard game where it's all about your own skill. There's no excuses. Get in, beat the bosses. If you can't beat them, get better, come back. And that's what it's all about. What I love is you start the first the, the game and you think, oh yeah, I got the hang of this. You get through the first level and you're like age 62. And you're like, oh my God. And the idea that you have to get through the entire game at 23 or under seems like an impossible task. But the more you play, the better you get and you start schooling people. And it becomes so stylish and it becomes so impactful. Every hit feels great on the controller. Every single movement that you do, every choice that you make in terms of your combo or your ability to slap that ass, it all just gets paid off. And moments that you face like Sean or you face you face that bird who's got that giant fucking stick who beat me into the fucking ground for hours after hours after hours. When you overcome them and you realize what it takes to win. It's something that, sure, you could probably go online and look this stuff up, but the joy is in realizing that yourself. And it's, it's a journey that over its entire game was just a joy to play. And it's something that they've really supported this game over this entire year. We've got Arena Mode coming out early next year, and that is going to drag me straight back in, just like some of the best games I've played on PS5, like with Returnal. These extra things, these extra modes, get you to play it in a different way, to unlock different suits, or just to challenge yourself in a, in a new way, is great. And that's what they've done here. I may not be skilled enough to beat it on the hard, hard, hard difficulty they added in post-game, but I will run it through on normal at the very least and have a great time in arenas, because that's where I need to be. And Sifu... It's just a fantastic experience, a story of vengeance, which is very light on story, tells you exactly what you need to do, but it fires you up. And the gameplay is probably the best gameplay I've experienced this entire year. It's just a phenomenal game that's expertly designed, and I adored every moment of it. Spencer, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on Sifu. Well, mate, speaking of firing you up, Oof. That's another one down the hatch. Very much so. Yes, Sifu does feature on my list. Sifu, oh my god, what an exceptional game. And like you said, the main thing you said is the game kind of shows you what you're doing. You think, oh yeah, this game's I know I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. And then the, for the platinum, you have to beat it under the age of 23. And you think, fuck. Fuck. Really? You, you feel so confident going into the game and then level one happens, you come out at the age of 60 and you think, oh Jesus fucking Christ, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? And then it's just a game where you have to learn. You have to learn. There's no exception. There's nothing else you can do. You have to get good at the game. It forces you to do it and it's so satisfying in doing so. You learn how to play the game. You learn your combos to uh, 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 slide kick. Uh, uh. Remember that impression I did over yours, Phil, for the IRL episode? There we go. There it is again. So sick. Sifu got snubbed at the Game Awards. It got snubbed. 
Davey, you're right, it got snubbed. It's not a fighting game. It didn't get snubbed. It is. Well, the issue was, it was the best fighting game. Not a fighting game. game. Not it, a fighting game. It's got inputs, fam. It's a game that has fighting in, but it's not a fighting game. Well, it's 100%. got fighting in. Is it a game? No, no. <laughs> so Phil, anything can be in there, then. Phil's, Phil's totally right on this. It's not a fighting No, Phil game. is totally it right. It, yeah. it, sh- it, shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been in that category, but... I agree with you, though, Spence. It was kind of snubbed. The only issue is this year is fucking grim. This this year's grim. This year's grim. You got a couple of games that I'm sure are going to come up later on this list that that dominated the game awards, and uh, it it is what it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles, right? You get some years where you get some exceptional games time after time, and this was one of them. It just wasn't quite there. No, you're bang on right. The thing is, the nominations for Sifu, it was nominated for Best Fighting Game of the Year. That's why it got snubbed. That was the only nomination it had. When the Best Fighting Game of the Year wasn't even a game, it was a beta. And it is the best fighting game of the year. It was Street Fighter Six. the beta, is the best fighting game of the year. This, no doubt in my mind, best game of the year. Best game of the year is so sick. But Sifu, Sifu was just so exceptional in the storytelling didn't have to tell you. You just, it, all it says is, well, I'm not going to spoil the game, but it gives you a path to take. It says, I am vengeance. And then you go upon it and you, you seek vengeance. And it's fucking awesome. And then for the platinum, you seek mercy. And it's nice. Really, really nice. And it's extra difficult, extra hard. And you have to do it getting hit a lot less. And the main thing is, I was a bit torn between um, my number four, obviously being Stray. Sifu could have been my number four. I was torn between where to put Sifu. But this, the thing is, I did prefer Sifu to Stray. But the big hitter of why I put Sifu above it, and maybe even way above it, is because Sifu's still getting supported today. Whereas Stray, we haven't heard a thing since its release. Sifu's still getting updates. We've got the hard mode. We get Arena coming out soon. There's probably going to be more updates in the future. There's a whole roadmap of things they're going to do with this game. This game's only going to get better and better and better in the future, and it's already in my list, high up on my list of Game of the Year. It's just, it's a great time. It's just a great time all around. Sifu. Oh, Sifu. Oh, baby. <laughs> well... I, I suppose it's, it's coming back round to yourself, Spencer. So what is your number three? We're getting into your top. We're getting to that kind of that moment where, you know, the dick is starting to show. This is the start of the big dick energy. Maybe maybe for yourself, Spencer, with your two-incher, maybe you got half an inch out at this point. But for myself and Phil, we got a good bit going here at this point. We got enough to thumb it in at the very yeah. least. So number three, what is it? For my sake, can we not say big dick energy? Can we say hard dick energy? Because I can get hard, which is not very big. Can we change the term? <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. hard, hard dick energy. I appreciate that. All right, deal. Yeah, hard dick energy. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, it's not going to be a very long conversation because my number three is Sifu. So there we go. <laughs> that's, that's the way it goes. <laughs> what, what, you, dra- you dragged that out so long. <laughs> yeah, but now I don't have to. We move on now. That's the beauty of it. Fair oh, dues. Number three. Number three. Coming in above Stray. So very strong. Very strong. Mr. Philip Hoy, back to yourself. Number three. Okay. So my number three. 
And unfortunately, Sifu doesn't um, come into my top five at all. I, I, I don't enjoy those type of games. That and Returnal probably just not my type of game. I'll, I've learned from that and I won't be buying any of them in the future, even though I bought two of them, expecting to get different results, but didn't enjoy either of them. So moving on, my number three is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Now this game... I was really, really hype on. It was one of the games that I, I think, shagged many times when we were talking about it on previous podcasts. And it's a game that I actually got pretty late due to how I ordered it. I put my trust in a little-known shop in the UK called Shop2, and they did me dirty because it came out digitally like two, three weeks before it came to like a physical version of the game. So I had to wait. I had to watch and I had to listen week after week to you guys going, oh, this game's sick. This game's great. This game's cracked. I'm up on Krakatoa on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've already finished it. And then I was like, oh, I haven't even started it. I haven't even got it. I've ordered it. I had it on pre-order like months ago, but I didn't get it. Once I got it and played it through with yourself, Davey, incredible game. Loads and loads and loads of references to the TV show, to Turtles in Time, which is one of my favorite games. I, I love that genre of gaming. That that for me, because of, I suppose, my age, you know, that was something that I looked at and thought, this is a bit of me. And it was. It was just incredible time. And it's a game that I'll, I'll still go back to. I haven't got the platinum yet. Um, that's one of those games that I think coming back, you've had a few points in town, you can come back and just play a little bit. It's just dumb fun, mash some buttons. I know there's some nuance to it. I know there's some higher level tactics to it, but we're not about that. Let's just hit X a couple of times and just enjoy it and laugh a couple of times at some of the jokes in it. It's just a fun game and I really, really enjoyed it. And that's why it's my number three. Great choice, Phil. I I, I think for me, like with, with TMNT, every game on my list, I've got the platinum four. And, and you know, for me, a platinum is a seal of quality. It's, it's a game that I really, really enjoy at the very least. You know, if it's an easy list, even if it's not that great, I'll still go for it. But but with TMNT, it was the game that at the time, you know, before its release, every single time we saw it anywhere, you were the first one, Phil, to pop up and be like, yes, day one, can't wait, can't wait to get involved. Let's get amongst it. Let's fucking get our turtles on, boys. And and then it came about, and he didn't have it, and so it was just me and me and Spence, and we we're like, oh well, do we wait? I was like, oh, it's just filling it, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't Thanks. wait, I can't <laughs> wait. I got to get my Raph on. I got to get my Raphael on, and and that was it then. And that was like fucking thirty odd hours of turtles fun which I really enjoyed. It was an experience that going for the Platinum and getting the beating uh, fucking Shredder without getting hit was something that was like a real struggle and it was a lot of work. The Platinum just was enjoyable. You know, even maxing out all the characters, which could feel really, really annoying. You just put on a podcast, you just put on something and time would just fly because it's just fun to play. It's just one of those games that is, like you said, a pick up and play experience that you can just enjoy at any point. And yes, listener, I know I made this clear months ago. I cheesed my platinum because the hardest trophy of all time is completing the game on the hard mode where you've got like three lives to do the entire game. But it turns out if you just join somebody else's game when they're on the last level, you just do that last level and you and you get a, and you get that trophy. So you know, 
Who the fuck am I? You know, of course I'm going to do that. If I got the chance to do that, I've already put fucking 25 hours playing fucking Splinter. I ain't playing no dirty rat. And I had to do that for the Platinum. So th that's the way it is. Phil, mate, I am so mega grateful you've put TMNT on this list because I wanted to mention this game as an honorable mention. And now I don't have to because we can talk about it now. This game, Shredder's Revenge, is so sick. It's easily, it's probably number six on my list. It's that, well, seven, because last was part one. But it's so sick. Honestly, what a phenomenal experience. Davey, obviously you and I played it together for the most part. We were kind of back and forth. We were like, do we wait for Phil? I think we waited, what, a day? If that. Maybe like two hours. Maybe, maybe yeah, we didn't wait. We didn't wait. We, uh, we never waited. <laughs> but it's sick game. It's my fault, Spencer. It's my fault. My fault you didn't wait because I overhyped it. If I'd been a little bit mid about it, you guys probably wouldn't have jumped in so quickly. But totally my fault. And next time I will be getting digital. I will not be ordering from Shop 2. Can I, can I just say, I think, there's, I think there's Shop 2 are probably the biggest losers of this year. I think this is the year we've all switched away from Shop 2. Because at the start of our podcast, I remember when we first started this, every single chance we had hyped up Shop, Shop 2. 2. You get the games a day early go physical on it you get it early like why wouldn't you go shop to and then it just there was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment and this one like i i can't remember what game it was that i pre-ordered that i didn't get until like the day after release or like at four o'clock on the day of its release when i put the day before off expecting it to come out but whatever it was this took the fucking biscuit because you got it so late that we'd already earned the platinum We'd already put so much time in that it was already done. And I played it through with you because I was like, well, I at least owe you that to play it through again. You felt sorry I, for me, didn't you? I didn't you feel felt so sorry. I didn't feel sorry for you, but I felt like I felt like I'd missed David. out. I'd missed out on playing it through with you when we were supposed to play it through as a threesome. But you got it like three weeks later than its release, which is wild, you know? It's just insane. And Shop 2... If anyone's taking the L on this, if we have any special rewards at the end of this, Shop 2, it ain't going to be kind to you, fam. Because you have let us all down this year at different points. I think I don't think any of us have had a great experience from Shop 2 this year, which is no. a damn shame. But that does breed shout-outs, because obviously this year, the game collection, that website has been phenomenal for game deliveries. And also, my biggest shout-out I could ever give Argos. Argos. I got FF7 Remake a week in advance from Argos. A full week. I just went there and picked it up because they were just selling it. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck, did they? Uh, Argos. Argos. They didn't give a shit. I, I buy quite a lot from Argos. I, I, I just love the chance that you order something and you could just either pick it up or get it delivered. And it's your choice. And, it's, and there's an Argos on every fucking corner. If you're in the UK... Argos is goaded for video games. It really is. So overlooked. So overlooked. But I've bought so many Switch games for my son from, uh, from Argos this year. And yeah, every experience has been easy as piss. You know, yeah, can't go wrong with that. But anyway, back to TMNT. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Back to TMNT. I was going to say, my opinion of TMNT is that it's phenomenal. My seventh best game this year, probably. However, my opinion differs very slightly from Davies in that the platinum grind although is very fun for a lot of the trophies 
maxing out every character was a fucking chore. That was horrendous for me. And I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to MPS. We trust the best PlayStation podcast on the fucking platform. However, that there's like eight characters. You've got to get all of them to max level. And it's just, it's so long, man. Every single one, an hour per thing. And on top of beating the game regularly, on top of beating arcade mode on hard, even if you do the cheese, which, yeah, I did as well. I also did the cheese. And then also learning Shredder to the point of not getting hit at all, which is watch watch one video, you'll get it. It's not that hard. But that grind for every single character is long. And if you were playing multiplayer with a lot of people or as even us free, if we if you were here at the same time, Phil, and we were doing all three characters at the same time, I'm sure it would work, especially local. Oh, it'd be beautiful. But it didn't. And so I had to level each character individually, and it soured the game for me. This game might have featured in my top five, if not for that platinum grind. It ruined my opinion on the game. It's still a phenomenal game, still top seven at the least. But my opinion did sour on it when I went for the platinum, because of that grind for every single character max level. And I understand there were ways around it of playing it throughout the year casually. Like you said, Phil, you have a few bevs, you come back after night out, you play it. And that is probably how we should have done it or how I should have done it at least. But because I was keen for the platinum and I think I made a promise on the show to get it done, it just made it, it sapped the fun out of it. And I, I promise to never make a promise again. But I also promise that that promise is bullshit. So we'll see how 2023 goes. But yeah, Shredder's great fucking game. Especially that one boss. Oh, boys, you know the boss I'm on about. You know the boss I'm on about. We're not going to spoil the game. You know the boss I'm on about. Oh, you can spoil a boss in a beat-em-up. It's not like as if it's a beat-em-up. I can spoil it? Just say which, whichever boss. You... Oh, yeah, yeah of course you can. It's a beat-em-up game. Yeah, yeah. Before Shredder. Before Shredder, when you you got a, he jumps into the full screen, you got to throw the enemies at him. Oh yeah, that that's just um, tills in time. You know, yeah, they're, literally they're tills in time throwback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick, so cool. sick yeah. boss. Such a sick boss. Easy, one of the easiest bosses in the game. But it's so oh, yeah. cool. So what a fantastic, what a great choice, Phil. What a phenomenal choice. It makes me smile. Yeah, it makes me smile. All right, that's my number three. So Davy, what have you got for your number three on the game for this year? Well. We've already spoke about it, so I'm just going to do an impression. That's my cat. That's my cat, and that is Stray. It's a biblically awful cat. I mean, that wasn't the best impression. Thank God we're not taking shots on this episode. <laughs> I was going to say, been taking shots on this episode, shot and that. that is a horrendous impression. <laughs> Phil and I both. That was fucking terrible. All right, with this. I was thinking that, like, what, what multiverse's <laughs> character is that? That doesn't sound like Batman. That was freaking Warhammer 20k, <laughs> Batman, the, the Tyranids, bruv. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Anyway, that was my cat, Stray. We've already spoke about it in depth. That's my number three phenomenal game, start to finish. Chef's Kiss. So we're getting into big dick territory now. We're getting into that. We're getting into that hard penis energy, that, that little nib. <laughs> In Spencer, in Spencer's case, that's just sticking out just a little bit, just enough for you to thumb in two inches. This is where we're getting serious. Top two, 
Spencer, give me your number two. Give my mum my number two. All right, well. Oh, shit, I've just realized what your number ones and number twos are. <laughs> Go on, Spencer. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know my own list. Oh, I, I don't know, know Spencer's oh. list. I don't know where he's going with. I know both your lists. I'll tell you right now. I know the order to tell you right now, but I was a bit torn between my one and two. Obviously, I'm not going to say what my number one is, but they both deserve a lot, including a shot of Fireball. So, I think this might be my last shot I owe, oh, He's right? finishing them all. He's done them. Yeah, he's done them. He's done them. Yes. John, I'm going to join you. I'm going to join you. We're getting into the, we're getting into oh, the top two. Oh, wait then. Come on, then. Let's, oh, let's all celebrate. Let's all do it. We're getting into, we're getting into and, the big and time. Davey, Davey, for your choices, I hate you. I, I know what your choices are now. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Wait till my HMs. <laughs> I don't think you do. <sighs> Is that all it got? That's so cruel. It's not cruel at all. Totally deserved. I know. Cheers, guys. Salute. I want to say to our audience, chin chin. Grace. To the games that didn't make this list, you're still phenomenal. Just ain't quite there. Chin chin. Oh, Mary. Mother in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it, on is, earth in as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. Something As we forgive else. those that trespass against us. We trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey, Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer, let's fucking go. Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing ever to drink to. <laughs> <short> Salute. <laughs> Why not? Do we all go to like Christian schools? Like back back in the day, everything was did, a Christian yeah. school, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. We all got indoctrinated, and it turns out it doesn't mean shit because we're all like not <laughs> religious. So <laughs> I'm atheist, but anyway, I'm not atheist, agnostic. There agnostic. Yeah, I'd probably say I'm agnostic if I had to guess any of them. I'd pro- probably say I'm agnostic. I, I mean, I could be proven Hedging wrong. your bats, then. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you're already... Sitting on the fence, like you normally do with your decisions on this podcast. Well, I well mean, I'm agnostic, so I don't give a shit which is which. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care either way. I, I'd rather... No, I don't fuck. So when I get there... I die when I die. No, no, I don't believe in all. what happens? That's the best way to be, surely. Yeah. Believe in all the religions. Yeah, exactly. Just go for them all. all. Who, do you, who do you worship? All of them. I worship I the point, all. my friend. I, 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 I love them all. And and then Love God's them. like, mm, it turns out that my religion says you should only worship one deity. And you're like, well, that's why I worshipped you the most. <laughs> yeah, but he also gives forgiveness. So you can just yeah. be like, well, forgive me for those ones, but you were the right one, after all. <laughs> He's found a loophole. It's easy, isn't it, religion? He's just found just a believe in it when you're old. Yeah, 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 True. exactly. Get into it when you're like 75. Anyway, putting it back on... <laughs> anyway, putting it back on... Oh, my God. The drinks are coming. Anyway, putting it back on track, Spencer, you're number two. Ah, uh, you boys are gonna hate me for my number two. You're actually gonna hate me for my number two. My number two. I don't think I will. For game of the year, God of War Ragnarok. And I will preface this by saying it's only number two because I am yet to finish the game. I 
almost guarantee if I had finished it, it would probably be my number one, the way it's going, especially with what I what happened last night when I was playing this game. This game is getting better by the hour, and if it continues at the pace it is, it would be my number one. However, that's yet to happen. I'm yet to finish the game, so this list might have to be amended in the near future. But for now, the game is sitting at my number two. It's a near flawless game. And this is coming from someone who didn't enjoy God of War 2018. God of War Ragnarok is awesome. Absolutely amazing. I cannot praise it enough. The story's phenomenal. The combat's phenomenal. The characters are phenomenal. The graphics are phenomenal. The resolution's phenomenal. Every single thing about this game is fucking phenomenal. Boys, what, what an experience. What an experience in every single aspect cinematic there are people i've seen videos of people right filming their parents and you think you know parents they're old they don't know what's going on they watch movies that's all they do it was someone filming their parents and they were just watching a playthrough of god of war ragnarok just thinking it was a film they just thought it was a film like a nine hour film just watching part one of a playthrough because it looks that damn good what a phenomenal game it's my number two it could easily be the game of the year and i am excited to update you listeners and you guys in the future because it's damn near close it's damn near close well while we're on the subject of god of war i'm not going to talk about it yet i'm going to pass it over to, <laughs> to mr philip Hoy. his own rule <laughs> and here is his number two rule. i'm going <laughs> to break my own rule i'm going to break my own rule i'm going to pass it over to mr philip Hoy to hear his number two because this is where i feel like there's going to be some kind of upset at some point here in this list and i think it's coming from phil i, f- I feel it i feel it in my pulse my balls are twig you know like spider-man's got spider sense Mine is located directly in my ball sack. <laughs> and, and it's twingling. It's twingling like no one's business. There's never what, been anything me? to say that Spider-Man's isn't. Thanks. I don't want your balls tingling for me, regardless of they what are. I say on this podcast. They always tingle for you. Okay. Well, let, let's get this over and done with quickly before you're... Yeah, I'll not finish that sentence. So my number two, and Davey has guessed it, I'm going to echo all of Spencer's thoughts on the God of War, Ragnarok. I've got a bit of a storied past with this franchise. I kind of fell out of love with Kratos purely because I, I just thought he was copying Dante in Devil May Cry. But they revolutionised the series and Davey forced me under duress to play uh, God of War, the, the God of War. And I was pleasantly surprised. I did take a lot of breaks throughout it, but I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. And it, it got me hyped for this game. But so far, I have played probably 25 hours, I think, of the game. And I am enjoying it, but it is a lot of rinse and repeat. But I do echo all of Spencer's praises. It is an incredible game. But unfortunately, it's not my number one again yet. I haven't got to the end of the game. So it's a little bit unfair. And Spence, when you correct yours, I will correct mine and update the listeners, the viewers, because I know this matters to them. I know they're hanging on every word of mine and yours thinking... If it isn't number one for Phil and Spencer, I better play their number one. But for me at the moment, it's sitting at number two. It's an incredible game. I do need to get it finished 
relatively fast. So I've got a couple more days off work around this sort of holiday period and I will be finishing this game. Don't know if I'll go for platinum just yet. I didn't go for platinum on the original, um, but this one, it is shaping up and I am enjoying everything. But as I said, a little bit rinse repeat. There is obvious things that just happen the same in the game and you're just like, oh. it's a bit uncharted, you know, in the sense that there's a combat bit, there's exploration bit, there's a boss bit. We, we need to move forward a little bit with this, but I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm not the solutions man. I'm just going to complain about it. I'm on a pedestal. You're listening to me and I'm complaining about it. So unfortunately, this just hits on number two, Davey. So I'm going to pass it back to you because I know you're crying inside. Not at all. Not at all. Because my number two, I'm going to spice it up. My number two isn't the same as yourselves. It's Elden Ring. My number two is Elden fucking Ring. Game which came out at the start of the year, came out in February, if I remember rightly. And as a FromSoft player, as a as a guy who adores the Soul, the Soul series, I remember I came to this a little bit late because I've been playing a little game called Horizon. And Spence said to me at the time, when you start Elden Ring, you will wonder why you put the time into Horizon. And he was right. He was completely right because it blew everything i'd played at that point for for pretty much the entire generation i think at that point i even went on when i completed it to say that i preferred it more than returnal which is a huge deal it's a huge deal like returnal's been sitting on the top of my playstation 5 list for since the launch of the game up until this point so for for any game to even get there and i think the way i described it when when we did our like reviews and i, I gave it a 10 out of 10 and I said that uh, it's everything that FromSoft has built in every single game it's put out. is It's built towards this moment. And it's the realization of what it could be. And that's how I felt in February. Now, as the months have gone on, I've kind of soured a little bit on it compared to, say, most of the Dark Souls experiences. And it's mostly because I don't think it's got the same staying power. With the fact that it's an open world and you can do things in, in the way that you see them and you can kind of take the threats on as you perceive them and your own skill lets you do that, it kind of does limit you to a certain extent because it does narrow you down a straight path just like any other Souls game does. But because it being such a huge undertaking, it's such a large endeavor, it doesn't have the same draw to bring you back into the experience. And, and that's why I haven't played through Elden Ring again. You know, normally at this point, I'd have played through Bloodborne four times. I'd have played through Dark Souls 3 at least three times. Even, fuck, Dark Souls 2, I played through at least three times. And I haven't done that with Elden Ring. And even though that initial experience, you know, the fight with Melenia, the fight with, you know, Radan, the fight with all these different bosses, is so epic and so great. They're all so realized perfectly. There just isn't that draw for me to go back to it. And that's why it's, it's reached my number two slot. Because even though it's, it's one of the best games of the year, to reach a number two is phenomenal. And my build was cracked. You know, I went from a full strength build, which I knew I would do, went in there, powered up both my weapons with mystic energy, which I've never done before, and just would one-shot a load of enemies and just have a great time. Took a lot of grind to get to that point to like 78 yard hours to get to that kind of power level. But it gives you that ability to be able to do that, to break the game, to, to make it your own and to really enjoy it. And you could play it through a blood build, which was the meta at that point. Or you could play it the way I did, slightly off meta, but just as fucking broken. 
and whatever you want get through it however you play if you play with mimics if you don't if you play it just solo and just never rely on any summons it's up to you just enjoy the experience and and what an experience it was and it's one of those things that you wrap the game and you realize that you've experienced one of those one in a generation style experiences where it hits it on every single level that it deserves every praise it got it deserves the game of the year award the game awards for me it doesn't quite reach my number one but it's still a phenomenal experience on every single level and from soft slow clap to you because you fucking nailed it spencer we're coming to your number one the big daddy the mac daddy the one that you lick that dick after you're done with chucking it in your own mother the one that you're grateful the one that you're grateful to even remotely be in the presence of which one are you gonna be <laughs> bowing down at the altar of <laughs> Right, before I even answer, no. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Definitely none of that. Absolutely none of that. That's crazy. <clears throat> I will say, this game... I'll do it for my number one. No. no. Uh, well, if you do it, I feel from what you were saying earlier, I think you'd do it regardless. So, I mean, yeah, less of that. Thank you, my friend. I think this game is so good, it deserves a shot. No, it definitely fucking doesn't. I'll drink some bud. Drink some. I don't owe any more shot. We're done. Ooh. I mean, you could owe a shot if you wanted one. You could have one of Davies. Yeah, you could have one of mine. Right, do you want one of mine? I don't want I'll one of yours. I'll take that one of mine. Give it to me, and if you do, you could. I'll do it if you give it to me, but I'd rather you didn't. There's a number of shots left. Now, Spencer, as it currently stands, you are free. You've done all of yours. Me and Phil yes. owe one each. So what I Let's propose... Go. I use one of my five that I won from the big quiz, Spence, and you get another one. Phil, you and me, let's saddle up, shall we? Should we do our last one? All right, let's, let's, hang let's on. even it up. Hang on. How's that fair? Let's finish up. Let me, hang on. How's well, that fair? Listen, I owed five. You owed four. And I'm, I've done them all. And now you... Mm. Yeah, yeah. But turns out I've still got the power from winning the last big quiz. So you better hope to God that I don't win again. The, the only oh. rules is with this big quiz shots is that I've got to use them all before the end of the episode next week. So, this is the way it is. All right, fuck my ass, I guess. Like my dad did. That is all our podcast bets done on episode 49. So every time we've hit the button, every time we've lost impressions, they're all even. So we go into the next episode with the only danger being Phil giving three and me giving four. On top of everything else that comes with getting a question wrong on episode 60. Oh, God. Right. So, Spencer, lay on your number one. Well, it would have been a fitting transition if we hadn't broken up with the shots in between. Because my number one, which is a surprise to absolutely fucking no one, is Elden Ring. What a shock. Everyone, listeners, watchers, you lads, you know, I was the most excited for Elden Ring 
I was like, oh my god, Summer Games Fest are going to finally announce fucking Elden Ring. Then they announced Elden Ring and I went, oh my god, it's coming out. Elden Ring's fucking coming out. And then it came out. Then I played Elden Ring and I was like, oh my god, I'm playing Elden Ring. It's fucking phenomenal. And then I kept playing Elden Ring. And the thing is, Davey, it was your number two game. And I entirely agree with literally everything you said. Obviously, I had a very different build from you. But the thing is with Elden Ring, it's player-based because I have friends. I have two friends, Dan and Will. They don't listen to the show, but I'll let them know I mentioned them and maybe they will. Two extra viewers there. Let's get in. But they've literally had like eight or nine characters in Elden Ring and they've beaten the game with all of them. They just literally, they beat Elden Ring and then they think, what build do we shoot next? And then they carry on and they play Elden Ring again. And... They're the kind of players that are like, they just love FromSoft. You and I, we've got too much shit to play. And there's a lot of scenarios where like, prior to Elden Ring's release, you and I were playing Dark Souls Remastered, we were playing Dark Souls 2, we played Demon's Souls, uh, we played Bloodborne together. And those are definitely games we would probably revisit. I don't think we would revisit Elden Ring until FromSoft next released which is just a thing it's just such it's just such an undertaking and we've both platinumed Elden Ring at this point we don't have a reason to go back to it and it's a shame because it is a phenomenal game it's my my game of the year which let's be honest everyone expected phenomenal game combat's phenomenal story's phenomenal you have to watch 38 YouTube videos to even understand the story but even then Guess what? There's seven items that have different descriptions which contradict the story and change it entirely. It's insane. The amount of lore and stuff in Elden Ring is beyond. It's the same thing as every Dark Souls. It's always the same, but Elden Ring is such a massive undertaking. It's such a longer experience that there's even more on top of it. And there are YouTubers like um, Zulu the Witch and uh, Iron Pineapple and all them lot that are just farming content because they can, because there is genuinely so much content in this game. You could play this game. You could have this game. It's the kind of thing, you know when you have a PS2 and your mum buys you a game and that game lasts you the year, even if it's like an eight-hour experience, that game will last you like the year. Elden Ring, now at the age of 30, could last you the year. It genuinely could. There is so much in that video game. It could, you could replay it again and again. There's so many dungeons, there's so many bosses, so many mini-bosses, so many NPCs, so many quests to do. It could last you the year on its own, and it's not even a JRPG. It's a difficult-as-hell Soulsborne game that is also open-world. FromSoft smashed it out the park with Elden Ring. They've done it very well in the past aside from Dark Souls 2 but this is their perfection come to creation it's come to life this is what all the Soulsborne games have culminated and it's come to existence and they absolutely destroyed it I do agree with you that it doesn't have the kind of same pullback that the other Souls games have because it really doesn't it's too long but you can't blame it for being too long because it's perfect throughout like I said with for the Art Direction um, Awards two episodes ago, 
Elden Ring is a game where every single area of the world is so different from the last. Every enemy is so different from the last. Every NPC is so different from Lost, yet they all fit the world. All of it matches together in a way that you would never think it would, yet it does. All of it makes sense, yet it's so different from what was before. It's beyond. It's beyond. And for that reason, and for the amount of time I spent in it, the amount I enjoyed it, for how perfect it is, it's my game of the year. Like I said prior though, if I could spend more time in God of War, maybe it would bump above. But it really depends because Elden Ring is kind of solidly my number one. God of War is going to have to step the fuck up. Which is mad. Mad. Because God of War is near perfect. And Elden Ring isn't even my favourite FromSoft game. And it's my game of the year. It's in, this conversation's phenomenal, lads. It's insane. Game of the year this year is awesome. And that's my number one, Elden Ring. Great choice, Spencer. Great choice. And as I said before, you know, no no hits down on, on Elden Ring. It could have gone either way for me uh, when it comes to my number one, which I'll discuss shortly. But we're moving across to Mr. Philip Hoy, your number one, my friend. Well, guys, well, listeners, well, viewers, I am going to demonstrate my game of the year. Buy my t-shirt. For the eagle-eyed viewers, I have changed from a grey t-shirt to a black t-shirt. So here is my reveal. Dun, 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 You're going to have to give me some signal if you can actually see it. Whee! That I didn't even notice, and I'm not even a viewer. That is paying. Darren Brown shit. No, I just did it in the break. So my favourite game of this year is Horizon Forbidden West. And it's a difficult one for me because I think it's criminal that this hasn't come up in your top five, Davey. And I think it's down to us, down to our conversations that we've had. It's not down to your experience. Because every time we bring it up, we try and nitpick at it. We try and say, ooh, the water combat's not that good. Ooh, wouldn't it be brilliant if you could ride a Thunderjaw? But no. We, we have longer conversations on that than we do talking about how absolutely bloody beautiful the game is. We have longer conversations about, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could throw a spear underwater, than actually thinking about, you know, if you walk up to this NPC, they know what you've done in a previous part of the game. The way they've interlinked the narrative throughout this beautiful game is breathtaking, and it's a step forward, Okay. There are some negatives, but what game doesn't have negatives, right? There's something to improve on. And with Horizon, it has spawned a massive amount of new uh, new kind of games that are going to come out. So we're going to get DLC for Forbidden West with Burning Shores. We're going to get a v, uh, PSVR 2 um, title with Horizon, and I'm sure you guys will be picking up that. We're going to get some sort of multiplayer. There's Lego out. This clothing out. This IP is blowing up. And I loved it. It was my favorite game of this year. I platinumed it. And I think, as I've said earlier, Davey, I think it's criminal that it doesn't come up in your top five. Absolutely criminal. And you should be ashamed. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you wait to see you wait to see where I put it. And this this kind of brings me on to why my number one is my number one. Because my number one 
listeners, you know, it's God of War Ragnarok. I'm the only one on this podcast that's completed it. I've been the Platinum. And all I can say is where Spencer is, I watched where he last played, the game goes from there to infinity. It gets better and better and better. And if you think where you are, Spencer, is good, you haven't seen fucking nothing yet, fam. This game is exactly the reason why Horizon did not reach my top five. Because it does everything that a sequel should. And it does it to perfection. It builds on everything that came before. Improves on every system. Improves on every character interaction. Improves on every cinematic. And elevates every single part of the experience to be a game which is a once in a generation experience. It is a game that every single thing within that has been thought out on how it can interact with every other system that's there from its combat being a case of how you use each different weapon to make each one work better together so you build up the ice you make the ice form on them you switch to your weapon you switch to your your blades of chaos you switch to another weapon that i can't even talk about with you guys yet and and you build them all together with their, their R1 and their L2 abilities to make each one sing. And then when that finally comes together, you've got your parries, you've got your blocks, you've got your dodges, all of them coming together with the case that if you mess it up, you die. And that is why this game not only does that, but it creates cinematic moments that literally make every single hair follicle on your entire arm stand on edge because the music hits the moment hits the voice acting and the cinematography all come together they coalesce to create something that you have not experienced since the last of us or last of us 2 to that same level where you think fuck let's go and especially for someone that's been with Kratos on this journey since the first God of War, to see where he's come from and to see where he ends this game at is so fucking incredible. It's, it's a, an absolute joy. From the start, you literally experience Kratos' character evolve and you see how he's fighting against his true nature to avoid Ragnarok and to avoid the conflicts that are, are due to come to pass and how that builds and then just ends is so sensational that I cannot put into words how special this game is. There are very few games that I end after 60-odd hours of playing on the hardest difficulty that this game has, bar one, be every single boss there is, do every single encounter, and then say, fuck, I wish there was a new game plus so I could do it all over again. So I could dive immediately back in and do it all over again. And that's the reason why it beats Elden Ring. I have no drive to go back to Elden Ring. I cannot fucking wait for New Game Plus on God of War so I can dive back in, higher the difficulty up even more to the highest level and just challenge myself with everything I've learned because the entire experience feels that you are growing alongside Kratos. 
And it's just, it's, it's one of those games that we will end this generation on and we will all bring it up into our top three. I guarantee it. The only studio that can even remotely match this will be The Last of Us 3. It, it, that's the only one I can think of. I can't think of anything else. They could put out Resistance 4 this year or next year or in 10 years time and it ain't gonna reach the same levels that this game achieves in its characters, in its art design, in every single facet. It's one of the best games I've ever experienced in my life. It's, it's a top three game for me of all time. I adore every single moment and the longer i go without playing it the more i yearn for it and that's when you know a game has really hit you because i watched a tiny moment of spencer's gameplay the other day and i was back in there and i could not fucking wait to reinstall it and play it through again this game easily my top game of the playstation 5 easily my top game of this entire year and if for some reason you're not a fan of kratos you're not a fan of god of war you've stepped away from the series a long time ago, I'd encourage you to play this game because you will not experience a game like this for years to come. It's a special game that needs the time put into it and I'm glad these guys haven't rushed it because I'm sure when we get later on into the months and months that follow over this year, these lists will be amended because this is a game that is truly spectacular. It's generationally fantastic and it's what every single studio should aspire to deliver because it builds on every single facet what came before and does it better my rant over that's my game the the highest praise anyone could ever receive it's it's truly a wonder it really is it's i i'm smiling about it think about the moment you've done and what's to come I cannot fucking wait. And I wish I could join you and just fucking sit in mute and just watch your playthrough from here on because you can. it's so fucking good. It's so good. But let's park that aside. Let's tally up the scores and let's see where we go in terms of our overall top five for in PS We Trust of 2022. Okay, so welcome back, listeners. We have collated the results. We've sweated the details on this. And our top five games coming in at number five is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number four, we've gone for Stray. Number three, Sifu. Number two, Elden Ring. And the game of the year, according to In PS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast, the number six Best podcast for PlayStation on the internet, soon becoming your number one in your heart. And the game we put up there for the number one is God of War Ragnarok. Congratulations. God Congratulations. What a, game. Ooh, what a game. The trophy will be in the post. I gotta say, getting any game on this top five has been a journey. You deserve every single praise you've got. But there's a number of games on here that we haven't given the shine to that didn't quite make that top five list. And so we've all got our own honorable mentions. Mr. Philippoy, I'm going to actually mess it up a little bit and kind of come across to yourself. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to bring to the fold here? My honorable mention isn't a game. 
my honourable mention is more a company. And I, we've dunked on Shop2, but I'm going to champion Amazon. It's a name, it's a big name, and it's a name a lot of people use to buy games, and they have done me good this year. Everything I've ordered on Amazon has come in time, on the day or the day before. Shop2, terrible. So I'm going to be sticking to my boy Amazon, and that's where I'm going to be ordering my games in the future, unless, of course, we've got some other suggestions for our listeners, from our viewers. If you have any incredible um, game deliverers for physical discs, please let us know, gmail.com or drop us a message on the Twitter, and I'll try them out in the, in, in, in the next year. Well said. I, I used to dunk on you for Amazon, and now, after the, the year that has been the travesty, 2022, of Shop2, the downfall of Shop2 for my number one retailer, I can't dunk on you anymore. It is what it is. Spencer, your HM. Oh, the easiest choice I've ever had in my life. My HM of 2022 is Street Fighter 6 Beta. What a phenomenal time. What a phenomenal time. I, at this moment, have more time in Street Fighter 6 than I have in God of War Ragnarok, and I've owned that game for ages. What a, what a sick time. Street Fighter 6 is my most anticipated game of next year, and it's not close. It's nowhere near close. I'm going to go home after this weekend, and there's a crack on PC to get the beta, and to get download access to the lab. I'm going to fucking download it. And I'm going to figure out how to play everything I learned on pad on stick. And that is going to be a joy to behold. And then your asses better be ready. Because I'm going to be coming for you with that tournament prize money. Those money matches. Everything. This jury. Her smelly feet are going to be taking it all. Oh, baby. Street Fighter 6. What a fucking sick game. Sorry for honorable mention. It's my game of the year. Let's be honest. <laughs> All I know, listener, is you don't have too much to worry about because one of our last games we had of Street Fighter Six was a case that I put Spence in the corner and I threw him literally four times in a row. And he had no answers. And then the moment he did a wake up, I literally altered him for it. So he's got a lot to learn. So don't, don't worry, listeners. This six months heads up he'll get on the training mode. He, he actually might need it. All right, listen. You bitch-ass bitch. <laughs> I'll, <fuck it. laughs> I'll learn something. Uh, trust me. I'll, I'll learn, learn something. I'll learn you remember? Something. You remember? I'll learn something. You got to remember Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I was never amazing, right? Right? Until you played the best character my in the blocks game. and my techs. I didn't. I didn't play the best character in the game. He played Joker. He's busted. Was he the best character in the game? Yes. He was by good. A landslide. He won the best character in the game. He's the best by a landslide. Was he? Sonic Fox played him. Oh, yeah, well, he was might be then. top, top, top tier. Bro, Sonic Fox played everyone. That's not on me. That ain't on me. Surely not. I didn't even know that. I just knew he had a cane. But my main aspect is my blocks. My blocks are real good. I can block high. I can block low. I can react to mix-ups. Tech throws. All I got to do is react to those too. And as soon as that happens, Davey, mate, you're th four grams in a row. They're out the fucking window. And then all I've got to do is land a heavy kick and Back I'm getting a 6k damage days. combo. Oh, baby. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be fine. I'm going to learn. I've got the most disposable time, potentially, out of us. Probably not. Really, I have a dog and a girlfriend who's quite needy. Maybe not. But <laughs> I will get there. What, this. what a I do... What I a know. ramble, what a ramble. Trust, all I'm saying, I'm going to be the Street Fighter 6 king. 
<laughs> and you best be ready. And this sounds like the cod bet all over again. And and you know what happened with that, Spencer. I'll... You were a shot which you've done tonight for that. Remember when he was like, oh, I can't wait to smoke you guys in Cod Bay. I'm going to be performing a 2.5 while you guys run a 1.1. And it turned out he was exactly the same. Let's move it on, shall we? Let's move it on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I said earlier I said earlier on this show, I promise not to make promises again. I'll make another <laughs> promise. This is, this is my promise. I will be the best Street Fighter 6 player out of the trio on this show because I'm so fucking keen to learn. You boys have been in Street Fighter so much longer than me, but I'm so excited for this game. I'm buzzing. Even if I lose, I win because it forces me to dedicate time to the game. So I will take that shot happily. <laughs> All right, fine. You get a six-month head okay. start on us, and and I guarantee you Phil's dry mentality when it comes to his blanker play will will put you in the <laughs> bin, mate. It'll put you in the bin. But let's, let's move it on from that, and let's, let's move it on to my HM. I got one HM for you guys, and it's the game that... The Phil was quite disappointed that I didn't include in my top five. And that's Horizon Forbidden West. Now, for listeners, I don't hate Horizon. I adore the franchise. And that's why I'm overly critical on it. Because I adore it. I expect more. I've got the Tremor Tusk on the top of my shelf. I've already pre-ordered the PSVR 2 with Call of the Mounting. I love this franchise. But the long and short of it is the game just didn't deliver. The game focused on everything that didn't ultimately matter to the experience. It focused on its graphical fidelity, and it focused on its NPC interactions. But the thing it didn't improve on was its gameplay. You play a game for like 70-odd hours, I got the Platinum, I did everything I could do in that game. But the issue is, the more I play it, the more I realize that it's, it's exactly the same as what I played back in 2016 back in 2017, back on the DLC. It's no different. It's actually no different at all. It feels like a game that came out in PS4 generation, but has been upscaled to PS5. It doesn't feel like it pushes the genre onwards. And I'm not surprised it didn't win any Game of the Year awards, because it's a great story. I loved every single moment I was in it. But the gameplay just isn't there. And if you don't have the gameplay right... What do you have? A game is there to be played. And if ultimately it's the same experience that you experienced all those years ago with no real improvement to that, what do you have? And that's why it didn't live up to my expectation because you, you compare that to something like God of War, which shows how you build on what came before and you improve every system, you get a game which excels in every level because it's built on what came before. Whereas in this, Gorilla unfortunately thought we can build on the graphical fidelity and that brings you in and it wows you and it blows you away as soon as you reach a new vista but then you've got to do the same thing you've got to do the same weapon wheel you've got to realize that the weapons all do the same shit they did back before there isn't enough variety you can't mount different things you can't move around the environment in brand new ways that you never could before now you've just got different animations for the same shit you used to do years ago there just isn't enough there for me to make this world feel like it's a playground. It felt more like a case of you walk up to something, you interact with it in the same way that you would do back in 2017 or whatever. I loved it. I really enjoyed my time. I think I gave it a 9 out of 10 at the end. I really did enjoy it. But 
compared to the rest of the list on my top five, it just doesn't compare. Not in any shape or form, especially from one of the top tier studios in PlayStation's library. This is a game that should have released years ago on the PlayStation 4, and I would have been wowed by it, but on the PlayStation 5, I expect more. And unfortunately, on this occasion, Horizon did not deliver. So that's why it ended up my number six on this list. But that has been our individual lists. And again, a huge congratulations to God of War Ragnarok for sealing the NPS We Trust Game of the Year for 2022. Listener, we'd love to know what you think. What makes your top five? What makes your game of the year? Reach out to us on pswetrust at gmail.com or on our Twitter, Reddit, or any other socials. You can find them all in the description of the podcast as well as just fucking look up in the sky. Look at those stars shining there. Squint one eye. And in your mind, picture Davy, Phil, Spencer, and you will see the stars coalesce to a perfect picture which has our Twitter symbol. Try it. Try it yourself. Trying it? Didn't work, did it? No, you fucking dumbass. It's in the description. Just look there. Give us a fucking look. Click on it. Give us a follow and say thank you very much. Here's my top five. We may feature in the next episode. Guys, this has been episode 59. It's been a, a drunker episode than we uh, kind of envisioned. Now, remember, if you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do it is by leaving us a review. Five stars we're looking for on Spotify. Any less, and I know where you live. Just remember, it shares my IP, your IP address with me. So I know where you live. So I will fucking come around. <laughs> I will come around. I, I've got the time. These guys got girlfriends to look after. I've got a wife who's addicted to Dark Tide. I've got time to come around, and I will fucking make you pay for it. So five stars, please, if you don't mind. Uh, if you really, really, really enjoyed it, go onto the YouTube, put a like, put a subscribe. It all helps us find a larger audience and grow the channel. Guys, this brings our podcast to an end. We got two weeks until we reconvene for episode 60 for the big quiz. We all bring five questions Jesus to the table Christ. with each wrong answer netting a shot. As the champion on the last big quiz, Spencer, this is yours to win to tie it up to two each. Can you do it? Or will it come to me or Phil to no. storm ahead with three wins? We'll find out on the next episode. Till then, I've been Davey. I've, of course, been Phil. I've, of course, been Spencer. Take care, guys. And Spence, you did this last time. Peace! In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavey, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.